Welcome to the Debatable Podcast. This is episode 30. It's a big deal. Very happy about this. Very, very proud at the moment. Um, also happy that the Baltimore Ravens just won the uh, Super Bowl. But uh, besides that, it's a, it's a, it's a milestone. Another milestone, just like ten and and twenty was. And uh, I'm happy to have one of my best friends, uh, a friend to the podcast, a uh, fellow podcaster, uh, competitor. We'll say competitor. Uh, Fernando Madrigal is on the show today, and we talked about uh, binge TV watching versus week to week. TV watching. I think uh, a lot of people fall into either one of those categories, depending on the show. Maybe you're a hybrid. Maybe you watch some shows week to week and you're fine with that. And then others, you just want to get up on and and watch them all in one sitting, you know, or over the course of a few weeks and just go on Netflix streaming and watch it. Um, We recorded this episode a couple weeks ago and it's prescient. It's it's appropriate considering uh, House of Cards came out this past Friday and uh, a lot of the the hoopla, a lot of the the uh, things being said about House of Cards, uh, Netflix releasing it all in one big chunk, one whole season. All of the episodes are up, all thirteen episodes. You can go watch them right now. In fact, I'm halfway through right now, and I'm really enjoying the show. But uh, one of the ramifications of it is um, both critics and viewers are talking about this since Netflix has released it all at once, and it's it's considered. Uh, perfect for binge watchers, um, is the buzz on the show going to continue strongly, uh, you know, say a month from now or two months from now? The usual course of a show, be it on cable or on network television, you would have 13 weeks or on network television, sometimes 22 weeks or more to uh, keep up the buzz and the critical fervor for a show. Whereas with this, since it's all thrown out in a chunk, uh, maybe a lot of people get up on it and I'm sure a lot have watched it already, this being, you know, uh, the first weekend that it came out, I'm sure it's already been watched in full by people just marathoning it. So is it going to still be on the on the tongues and on the uh, the blogs of uh, of viewers and critics say a month from now? It's a good question. It is a major ramification of binge watching. It's something we didn't touch on directly in this episode, but we weighed the pros and cons of both binge watching and week to week watching. And I hope that you get something out of it. Um, if you're a binge watcher, maybe you can see the uh, the advantages of watching week to week. And if you're a week to week watcher, maybe you can see the advantages of watching it binge style. I think the advent of binge marathoning, marathon watching probably came with TV on DVD first. But mainly now, since so many TV shows are available on Netflix streaming, uh, those are the major projects of, of, uh, of, P- of viewers and, and internet blogs is just to get through major shows, especially older shows, and kind of look at them in kind of a... I, I say in the podcast, I, I, I make an analogy to like a, a music album versus just a music track. Instead of going track by track, 
week to week, you're going full albums, full seasons, maybe even full series. So it's an interesting thing. It's something that Fernando and I talk about for for the first part of the podcast. And then, of course, in the second part, uh, since we talked about Girls and Lena Dunham in the first episode, I wanted to revisit now that I am current on Girls. And we we talk a little bit about the um, the way that the show has changed uh, since the second season has started and uh, the things that we still admire and criticize about Lena Dunham's uh, show and, of, her, of course, her personality. Um, I haven't done it in a while. Let me do some plugs real quick. Our Facebook, facebook.com slash debatablepodcast. Our Tumblr, debatablepodcast.tumblr.com. Those are two great ways to both stream the show, download the show. Uh, We have links to iTunes and, of course, showing your support for the show. I do this for free. Uh, It is a passion project, like I've said before. And going over to our Facebook page, liking us, leaving questions and comments, and getting involved with the show is uh, is one of the best ways to show me that you appreciate it. Um, I don't know how long you've been listening to the show. Maybe you've been listening from the beginning. If you have, I very much love you. If you have been listening since last week, or maybe even this is the first episode you've started listening to, thank you. Thank you for listening, and I hope you continue to support the show. I hope that you enjoy the broad base of guests and topics that I try to have on this show. Um, So, getting right into the episode, Fernando Madrigal. I hope you enjoy it. It's a nice long one. It's like the old like the old school ones, like the first 10 where I was like, "Oh, I'm only going to do the usuals an hour." When I was just starting that like in the first 3 episodes and I was saying, "Yeah, the usual is an hour." Bullshit, right? So, now we've got now I can say, you know, I've done a, a few that are between 60 and 75 minutes. Well, I'm going to tell you this is a nice return to, <laughs> return to form. Nice 2-hour uh, program today. So, enjoy it. And uh, give me some feedback. I hope you uh, I hope you enjoyed the episodes that we've had, especially since December. I feel like you know there's been a, a slew of great guests uh, throughout the whole run of the program, but especially since December, since we came back from break, and uh, I've got a a a nice. Uh, archive of uh, podcasts that I've done over the past couple months that will be coming out in the future weeks. And I got to say, there's some of the best interviews that I've had, some of the best talks. So I hope you'll continue to listen. I hope you'll continue to support us. Enjoy the 30th episode of the Debatable Podcast today.
some levels. Um, the water, the underworld, the underwater world of Mario. Always like that one. <laughs> uh, the first level of Donkey Kong Country. That was fun. You know what's funny um, is that you don't play video games, so I don't know how much of this is like really um, your experience. That one Mortal Kombat where if you like do the fatality, he goes into the pit and the spikes. <laughs> that was a good one. Um, you know just enough. I do. You know just enough. Is your is your is your um, cell phone on on vi on? It's on, on vibrate. vibrate. Shit. So it's gonna be one of those. Like, yeah, someone's gonna, gonna call you. <laughs> <laughs> Why does it sound like you guys Nobody have a, vib a vibrator party? Well, <laughs> that's what happens. Mm. Okay, um, this is good. This is all set up right. We got our drinks. We got our drinks. We got and our, and our two step. This is apparently still recording. I meant to turn that off. Oh, somebody just texted me. You can feel it. Yeah. Let's see. It's gonna it be is. like that. Yeah, it is. It's gonna be like that. So. Was it, it was it Michelle Obama? Uh, <laughs> it wasn't Michelle Obama. <laughs> Not this time. Yeah. I'm just saying though, on, on your phone, those emails look like text and yeah. it would always confuse me. Oh, and your BB. Yeah, I'm library, yeah. 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 So this is interesting. This is the exact same place. Almost the, the exact same yeah. setup. I think you were sitting over there. Much much like uh, my second episode was about sequels. The third episode, you have to come back. You have to, you have to, you have to, uh, back, yeah. yeah, you have to incorporate the first, the, mm -hmm. the story it's elements like, of the first one. It's like, the third it's one. Yeah. like a scream conversation. Yeah, it's, like it's, it. it's exactly what it is. You have to come back. You have to come back home. I'll give you the shtick. But some would say, I'll give you the shtick. Okay. You can never go home again. Listen, I'll give you the shtick right now. Uh, I'm gonna be checking my phone. Sure. Don't think that I'm like, hey, I don't want to listen to you. I'm just checking for. Oh, I always, I always know you don't want to listen to okay, me, yeah. so it's fine. Um, what's up, Greg? What are we talking about today? How's it going, Fernando? I just saw you yesterday. What thirty episodes? That much said. Yeah. How do you feel about being on the thirtieth episode of a podcast? Ah, uh, I feel good. Yeah. Uh, frankly, I didn't think you were gonna make it this long. Neither did I. I thought you were gonna get to a quarter century, a nice twenty-five. Yep. And get out. Ah. Nah, man, we're good. We've been doing this, both of us, for half mm -hmm. a year, so it's... Mm -hmm. it's yeah, fun. that's true, since... since uh, you, you since June, or since July? Yeah, June. Whatever month you started, I started the month after you, basically. Right, right. Uh, We've been doing this over two years now. Over two years, yes. Yeah, yeah. Technically, yeah. Over, over two years. Yeah, over yeah, two yeah. years. Uh, no, and it's fun. Like it's, it. it's, it's, it's good. good. It's, it's always nice, to, like, when you come and uh, we work in the same place and you'll come in and be excited about a guest, and I'm happy for you. Like, oh, mm -hmm. man, you got, you got somebody that, you know, that they actually put in work to get it. Right. Uh, it's a, it's been it's been fun listening. And I put you. in as much work as getting you in, on the podcast. It's even more lies. difficult these days. The, that's lies. Because you're lies. you're balling so hard with PTL Net. <laughs> yeah, literally. Greg comes up to me and goes, "Hey, Fernando, you want to be on the 30th? And I'm like, "Why are you asking me? Just just be like, I'm coming over one day." Yeah. So the one thing that we've talked about a lot, and we brought it up on, I think, a couple episodes, but really just throughout our time being friends, mm -hmm. this has been a constant, like, uh, argument, debate, slash constructive conversation about how we view television and this is going to be the episode where we put it on wax put where on we wax. where we we put this all on here what our whole ideas are how how our tv watching is and i feel like we are on 
we might not be on diametrically opposed ends of no. the spectrum, but no, we no. do have two different ways of approaching TV. Yes. Now we're big into TV now. Yes. Okay. What would you? When would you say that you really got into watching uh, television? When was it? Um, it was definitely during college. Um, I think. I think the, my main interest to it and seeing it sort of as serious was the was the wire. Mm-hmm. Like I, I I watched that show pretty much from the beginning. I caught it. Like it was like a Saturday and I was at home at my parents' house. I still I either lived in my parents' house. No 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 because I was already at Towson, so I was like there for the weekend and had nothing to do. And that was when HBO like had the entire season on there. So I think I ran through the entire season that weekend and I kept watching and kept watching. And then getting into Lost, and uh, I think you had said The Shield, so that was that was a little bit later. But so that's when I started seeing, and 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 I think when The Wire ended, which was oh eight, like I that's like the last episode. I was looking for reviews and stuff, and that's when I found several Wells blog. And ever since then, and it's been like right. he says something, or, or he recommends a show. Or I see, or I see AV Club recommends a show, so mm-hmm. I watch it, and then I'll, as soon as the episode's over, I start reading the stuff and everything. But you do have like an, a more of an interest in serialized entertainment, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, it isn't like a, it's not just like episode of the week stuff that you no, that no, you no, were no. watching. No, there's definitely in in this sort of seems to be like a, a best of time worst of time sort of thing going on where a lot of people will say yeah we have the wire but we also have like stuff like honey boo boo or whatever like the reality right. stuff all right i'm definitely more interested in sort of the high-end serialized uh even Mad Men, which isn't heavy serialized but there's stuff that carries mm-hmm. over and there's like right. if it's not if it's not if it's not plot wise serialized it's sort of like mm-hmm. emotional or, or character like the character work right. goes from from goes from episode to episode so yeah definitely sort of the, the mostly drama now it's so it's sort of I think comedy, although comedy sort of lagged in, in a little bit in the last decade, now you sort of see comedies doing the same. Well, thing. you're going beyond kind of sitcoms is also what you're right. talking yeah, about. Yeah, you're yeah. talking about single camera. Yeah, yeah. Half comedy. hour, yeah. yeah. Sort of, so sort of. what Louie's doing in, in Girls, which right, we will get right. to a little later in the program. Uh, there, aren't, there aren't that many women in entertainment, so I don't there know. There are not many women in this room. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, so I'm looking at uh, one right you now. Did you guys see Jessica Alba? <laughs> There's Molly Ringwald and Ali Sheedy. Wow! Oh, uh, <laughs> I thought that was an improv. Like you picked that out of your head. You're just looking at a Breakfast Club poster. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, man, who goes Molly Ringwald right off the bat? Um, Andrew McCartney. Oh! <laughs> What's also interesting is uh, I remember uh, you, me, and Dan, and maybe some other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, all got into uh, TV around the same time. And we're mm-hmm. talking about uh, the HBO, FX, yeah. AMC type uh, hour-long drama, yeah. uh, The Wire, um, Lost, even though it was on network, um, yeah. uh, BSG. Yeah, yeah. I remember my big I think that was. I think I think BSG was like the one where I was like, okay, I'm, I'm definitely now into TV that I'm watching like okay. this weird sci-fi show on sci-fi. Kind right, of thing, yeah. right. I think prior to college, my big uh, jump into it would probably be 24 mm-hmm. and The Shield, which is funny because both of those were shows that, like, uh, my Dan, my friend, yeah, yeah. Uh, had just off He's the cuff. He's been on the podcast. Ty, yeah, 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 Ty. Um, just off the cuff was like, hey, you should check this out. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, The Shield was definitely, um, even though it, it, it too had episodic stuff in it, it, it right. become it became 
very serialized, yeah, 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 especially yeah. towards the end. No, they definitely did. Like, <laughs> and I think Justify is doing a good job of this, where they had yeah. th- that the murder of the week or the or the crime of the week right. sort of played thematically to right. whatever was going on with Vic, or you know, you had Dutch and Clar- uh, Dutch and Clar- clarinet. This wasn't mm, clarinet. No, uh, yeah, Claudette. Yeah, Claudette yeah. investigating something, but it always tied in. If not, sort of plot wise, at least sort yeah. of thematically with what was. And going then on. it would be little things too, because and that's what I really like about uh, Sean Ryan, because with that show you would have that kind of um, case arc that would go Uh over like three or four episodes or Mm -hmm. even a whole season. But then little minutia, like uh, Dutch uh, being kind of... uh, um, Obsessed with serial killers? Well, obsessed with serial killers, but jangled by that that one and and the day silent and that. Uh, (laughs) Jangled... Jangled. No, you said jangled. <laughs> I heard the D. Jangled by that uh, serial killer, like mm-hmm. in season one, right. uh, that kind of makes him obsessed with uh, death, yeah. and then to R. a R. point, cat. yeah, and to the point of killing a cat, which yeah. comes spoiler. In, fuck, yeah. uh, which comes in like season three or four, three or something like that, yeah, maybe yeah. five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have something you, that is a minutia. That and that was talking. the initial part because watching that, you think, oh, now they're going to do like this crazy, right. that's just about to be a serial killer type art. Right. But then they're just, and, and it's it's almost like the Russian and Pine Barrels mm-hmm. in the Soprano episode where you think it's going to come back, yeah, but it never does. It yeah, makes yeah. it that much more, yeah, yeah. it makes it that much more stronger that they never really well, looked, looked well, around recently, it. I think, I think it was the Sean Ryan episode of uh, Kevin Pollack, Kevin Pollack. Yeah, yeah, where yeah. he's talking about how he killed the cat and yeah. realized that there's nothing there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He realized that looking in someone's eyes and seeing the, the life go out of them, right. even though it's a little cat, that he realized that the there's nothing there for him, him. whereas, yeah, yeah he's pl- the serial killer was playing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's interesting. And then I think I think the, the, the scenario before that, I can't remember many other um, serialized shows I was into that weren't like cartoons or whatever. Yeah. But the one that I absolutely, when talk about going into cable-based hour-long drama, the yeah. one that I was watching with my mom was uh, Sopranos. Okay. So, like, Sopranos was the gateway into watching HBO TV, and I think that's right around yeah. the time that HBO went with it's not TV, it's HBO, right? Yeah, yeah. I I watched Oz. That's like right. a 13-year-old, which, you know, was horrible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But I don't, like, I don't remember, I didn't think about it the way we're talking about it now. Like, I remember watching it, and it's sort of a sign that, like, oh, yeah, like, I'm into this TV. Because, yeah. I mean, I just watch TV all day. Yeah. Uh, but I don't, and I would watch every episode or, or watch as much as I could but I wasn't like take the toy about like if I missed an episode or I, I remember missing whole seasons and then like the last season came on yeah. I was like fuck it okay well this was really before the DVD TV on DVD craze so there was no way to catch up so I was just like fuck it I'll just watch the, the and final that season right yeah. th- and that right there is probably the most important yeah. thing to what we're talking about yeah, yeah. today the TV on DVD yeah, yeah. because <clears throat> before that you would have you would put it, it would play on TV especially if it was on HBO yeah. and then it would rerun maybe a well, couple yeah, days HBO later would rerun it like crazy yeah. right and I think this was even before On Demand became big right, right? Yeah, yeah. so even I would say probably pre-2003 2004 mm-hmm. it was still like you catch it that week or you or they'll play it like before the next episode next week mm-hmm. or whatever so you had these opportunities, but you still were kind of on the schedule. Yeah, and HBO also had like the ten HBO, so like right. they, they would run it on two, like on right. Tuesdays, and then you right. would catch it on Thursday on HBO Zone. Zone, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, signature, signature. Oh boy, HBO. is Signature still around? Yeah, yeah it's still there. Wow, my favorite HBO West. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when, you catch catch it, hour, when you couldn't catch it at the time, yeah, yeah. just three like, hours later, yeah, man. What's the specific time? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be somewhere I'm gonna be somewhere at nine, <laughs> but at midnight, <laughs> I'll be back. Back one. Because I wasn't going to hit it. <laughs> the thing is, is that with those extra channels, they're not HD. <laughs> so they're still full screen. Well, it was before HD. Like you really, you really like, you were like, fuck it. We'll just watch whatever. Well, all those people are still waiting for, for uh, Sopranos to come out on yeah. Blu-ray. I think they only have season six and seven watch, or whatever. Much like uh, Nick Cole's character on the league, I want to I want to get the wire on Blu-ray. I swear to God, I started watching the league, and yeah. when he got to the point where he's talking to this sick kid, it was yeah. like a Make-A-Wish Foundation, yeah. and he's talking about, oh, you're from Baltimore, huh? You should definitely check out the wire. It's on Blu-ray. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I mean, you're lying to this sick kid. Yeah, me and Greg both went, wait a minute. That joke is frivolous. Yeah, And I, I don't buy that joke because you cannot buy the yeah. wire on Blu-ray because we yeah. would know. <laughs> but that's but but I think that's okay for the people who don't know. It's fucked up that he's telling this kid, trying to relate to this kid yeah. with the wire because he's yeah. from Baltimore. It's, it's more, more fucked, fucked up, up for yeah. the people that know that the Blu-ray doesn't yeah. exist. Because now his Mega Wish will be, can I get the wire on Blu-ray? And they yeah. come back and like it's not available. Yeah. Ah! yeah. The kid is is a, is a uh, stickler for uh, high resolution uh, HD yeah. picture. The guy told him. He's a kid. He doesn't yeah, know. Yeah. He told him it was on Blu-ray. Yeah. Why can't you find it on Blu-ray? Yeah. Yeah. But then prior to like network television and especially uh, HBO and the advent of, of AMC and, and really FX mm-hmm. um, is a, is are shows that you know I wasn't aware were serialized. And I didn't come to until later, either in college or nowadays. Right, right, and right. one of those is Buffy, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. You know, the Joss Whedon uh, shows, you know, I knew were there. But for whatever prejudice, maybe the type of people that I knew in high school yeah, that yeah. watched it, I was like, oh, they watched it. I don't really want to check it out. So I came to it much later. But you watch that and, you know, you, you, you haven't watched it yet, but you'll get no. around to it. But those are, like, extremely serialized. Uh, they start off doing the justified thing where they're, you know, a little bit of standalone yeah, episodes most of the week stuff but yeah. there's so much build that eventually it becomes you know season long arcs like like right. uh, the wire does for for <clears throat> their like almost like a, a book in a series every season okay so yeah i mean it, i guess i guess probably the mid 90s maybe even with x files to a certain extent early That's 90s not definitely uh, uh did you ever read some we were at a seven walls book yeah yeah yeah, yeah where, he, where he's talking about like that first like either the epilogue is the about yeah, yeah right. about like those shows from like right. those two blues on like x files right. Right. uh er right that like sort of paved the way that you and had like and then you then then like uh i mean sopranos really the flashpoint like i i, I watched Oz and i remember Oz. So I really sort of uh, enjoyed that book also because it, it started with Oz. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, to this that point of The Sopranos, like just that mm-hmm. there there were there were like these little signs along the way, and then right. Yeah, Sopranos sort of blew up. It's interesting there. to me. Um, let's get into the, the nitty gritty here. It's mm-hmm. interesting to me. Would you say that Steppenwall is really the uh, the influence? For a you wanting to watch particular shows and b to continue watching it because you want to read what he has to say about it. Um, yeah. Eh, eh, well, f- the first part, yeah. Like, I definitely, like I said, when I when I when I found his old blog, I definitely started reading everything. And that was before you went to Hit Fix when it was still, yeah, before yeah, yeah before it was the like a uh, blog spot or whatever. All right. Mm. And um, 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I definitely sort of held his opinion high, and I still do. Um, and and but there hasn't been a point yet where he's like jumped off a show, and I've been like, yeah, he's right. I'm gonna jump off. Like if I start something, I usually sort of ride it out until the end. Well, you um, said something about um, who? What were we talking about recently? Was it uh, invitations? Yes, invitations. Yesterday, Fernando <laughs> uh, makes a an invite, a Facebook invite yeah. for the return of a, of what used to be an annual event. It's still it's still an annual event. But you haven't done it in, in a couple. I of did years. it last year. Did you? Yeah, you didn't come. What about what about the year before? No. Okay, so that's how why, many that's why years I, gap was it? Uh oh, let's see, oh nine. Because you so, were at the old apartment. Yeah. yeah no, so you was, were at your house. It was that was a two the year last gap. Time. Yeah, yeah. It was a two year gap. Okay, so that's why it's the second second annual. Right. That's <laughs> that, I get it now. Uh, so he has a Groundhog Day view, and it's one of Fernando's favorite movies. If you listen to PTL, if you listen listen to this, he's probably mentioned it a couple times. He loves he loves Groundhog Day. Uh, but he makes this viewing party, uh, I mean a viewing invite, and he invites a bunch of people on Facebook, and yeah. it happens one of his friends is out of town, uh, and he didn't invite her because she's not going to come, uh, yet she kind of, I, I guess she started it off like po- she, she, she posted on. Well, she posted on the event, like, where's my invite? Yeah. And I was like... Like, we're gonna uh, come I, anyway. We're not gonna come. She's yeah. like, blah, blah. I was like, I'm really having this conversation. Yeah, yeah. It's a stupid conversation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we're not gonna have. We're not yeah. going to reignite the fire yeah. on here. But it's bullshit. <laughs> Sometimes the Greg, sentiment is Greg worth believes it. in inviting just to invite. <coughs> I believe in inviting with a purpose. If your friend, yes. But yeah. if your friend is out of town and you, you know, you can invite them and just know know that they want to be there. Look, the listeners are gonna be like, fuck all this other shit. Let me know yeah. what your listeners think. Let, yeah, me, yeah. let me when you get the comments. TV, go back to that <laughs> yeah, invite yeah. bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they want the curb your enthusiasm with the podcast. Yeah, yeah. let's yeah, get yeah. really. Yeah. Uh, if you're not coming, if I know 100 percent you're not coming, I don't invite you. That's basically it. And you say invite because it's a sentiment. It's a sentiment. It's some, some exactly someone. You know what I say? Get higher self esteem. Go back to TV. Okay, we're going. We're going back. Okay. Staring, so uh, what were we talk, something we were talking about in the last couple of days that I don't remember. We were talking about, um, I wanted to say it was, was it Boardwalk Empire or was it another show where you said you're just watching now because, oh, Game of Thrones. You, you said, you mentioned like maybe a couple months ago that you didn't think season two was as good as season one, which I agree. Yeah. yeah. But okay, you yeah. said something about how you're just watching now because you've committed this yeah. much time to it so you have this feeling that you're obligated to it yeah yeah <laughs> even um, though it might not be completely yeah. your cup of tea all the time um no it's, it's definitely not that with Game of Thrones it's a little bit more nuanced with Game of Thrones because I still enjoy the hell out of it like I, there was it wasn't like season 2 was like oh this has completely come off the rails mm-hmm. it just wasn't as good as season 1 which happened yeah um uh, uh sure sure debatably yeah, debatably debatably yeah. um but yeah, it's so it's sort of like and, and with Game of Thrones specifically, it's that so many people not only say not not only fans say third book is the best. Yeah. But the producers themselves are like, look, we've been this that's whole thing has been up. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We really wanted to get the yeah. book through. So I was like, okay. So that's that's a yeah. a, a weirdly specific case. Mm-hmm. Um but Lost Lost was definitely like that. There were there were moments in uh in, in season three where it gets to the heart of our our how do you watch how you watch TV well, yeah, how far argument. did you get in your rewatch recently? To the end of season two? No, I got to season five and I just I just stopped. I don't know okay. why. Um, 
because I love I still love season five. Uh, uh, did I get? Yeah, I think I got to do season five. I think I got to do the floor, and then for some, and then just other shit. For me, like and, uh, so with loss, loss is an interesting thing because. Uh, Jason Henley, who's a good friend of mine, yeah, yeah, yeah. said, "Hey, you need to get up on Lost, and you yeah. need to watch Lost." And he told me this in season two. Yeah, he was yeah, like, yeah. "Man, you gotta watch." Two- oh, that was Lost. that was early. Was, was that oh four when it premiered? Yeah, because I definitely remember. Yes. that was another early sign post. Because I so maybe it was at the beginning of season three. He told me because I think it was two. Th- it was when yeah. we started working together. So yeah, two thousand six. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so I, I had watched it. Uh, my girlfriend at the time was. Uh, or had started watching season two and then we went back to watch season one together and then we just started right. from there so it was like and that was conscious like oh i need to watch this right and i remember going to, to dinner with uh <laughs> i remember going to dinner with my friends uh mike jason and q and they had all seen lost uh and i had hadn't seen the first season and they were all going what's in the hatch what's in the hatch and i go it's fucking water <laughs> which i technically <laughs> technically i was right <laughs> um but then yeah and then and then going back and that being a show that i remember people being like you have to watch from the beginning and right that, that was that was like probably the first show that that like was airing and i went back yeah. and, then, and then caught up with you what, went back much like jack told you to yeah but yeah. um <laughs> r.i.p no it's weird so like yeah, yeah jason was telling me constantly man you gotta get on the show mm-hmm. this is your cup of tea check it out and uh i was just like you had putting the it network off. yeah i remember you having it the i network, wasn't completely uh, well yeah. see i wasn't completely against network uh shows because i was into 24 at the time yeah. and uh a couple other shows actually but i did have this prejudice towards uh network versus hbo because mm-hmm. i was really like man hbo they get the curse they can show mm-hmm. titties a lot of violence fuck i love it yeah so but some it, would say it's not with crotch like yeah like i've, I've heard them like <laughs> like the executives will be more cursing and titties and like well now you're just getting right. away from the point like that yeah, being said yeah. i Curse like girls t- more because <laughs> of the titties. Uh, no, but it's uh, it's good because uh, I, I finally like <laughs> I like girls more because of yeah. the titties. <laughs> uh, I find no, I like I like the thing. Uh, you know, eventually you were telling me the same thing, and so yeah. uh, you know, I, I think that he he lent me the the first first season because mm-hmm. he said you got to check it out. So I checked out the first season on DVD and I loved it, and it pushed me into getting the DVDs on my own and just getting up on it and I really really fucking enjoyed it someone say you got lost yeah in the experience but this is the beginning of of, of a argument. certain yeah this is the beginning of it because for me on a show that I came to probably it was just beginning season four mm-hmm. so there were three full seasons on DVD yes um I do remember this yes now I remember telling you season three sucked. <clears throat> well, that's that that is the point. So the mm-hmm. point is that I started doing what a lot of people do, especially with Netflix streaming now, mm-hmm. is that digesting it all in the course of one one or two weeks or a month or whatever, yeah. however long it took me. Mm-hmm. I remember watching like five or six episodes a day, so I went through it pretty quick. But <clears throat> yeah, that's a show that uh, as soon as I got up on it, I was watching all in digestible chunks, and you mm. would watch uh, a whole season very quickly. Mm. Whereas your experience up until that point was week to week. Right, I had watched season one like that, right. and I was it was it was a fun experience. Um, season two, like okay, to me, I have never had a TV watching experience like the end of. 
I think it's two for the road where Michael spoiler where Michael shoots Anna and Lucia. That week between that and the next episode was just rampant internet searching, rampant. Oh my god, why did he do it? What has been it, that that te- that week to me is worth waiting week to week. Like, and so so the argument is because we haven't really said it is that I believe that you should watch things with some time in between or you should if a show is week to week and you're watching it on air you should watch it week to week now hold on a second a lot of it based on that one week but you're talking about the water cooler conversation right and 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 lost is well lost especially was great for that because there was so many theories and so much going on like the wire doesn't doesn't readily lead to that, but it, there's it's right. still some some of there's that still of there, too, like where yeah. it's going. Blah, blah, blah. But Lost especially was just sort of like it was it sort of built for that week and, it was and cliffhanger serialization. So yeah. you're gonna you're gonna have this thing where it's like yeah. you know. But it was also like this thing of anything could happen. Like it yeah. could like at one point like again we were we were all going this could be aliens and it wouldn't be like so far fetched. Like if the wire ended up being aliens it'd be like oh bullshit. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like Well they was- did have Batman Omar. Let's talk <laughs> about sci fi. Oh, oh, oh look David Simon said jump possible. out of a jump out of a five story building and just broke his leg. Fuck out of here. Hey we're on the eighth floor right now. I can demonstrate <laughs> please please um, do before we Eight start this fours. episode, I was like, like beginning the sorry, we this episode. Uh, R.I.P. to my friend. <laughs> uh, I don't know why he did it. Um, no, but like, uh, shit, I got lost. But yeah, the, the thing about loss was, um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. the thing about loss was that like literally anything could happen. Like you were, you yeah. were. It was still early enough in the series where like anything could happen. So those weeks in between, even even when when it was sort of like, for for lack of a better term, a Kate episode, mm-hmm. quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, there Why was do still you hate st- women <laughs> because of their titties. Mm. Um, it was it was even even when the episode was sort of soft part, there was still stuff in there that you can peek and, and do all that sort of right. stuff with. Um, so that's sort of the the greatest example to me of of having uh, a week to week experience where if, if you do like the binge watching, that those moments don't impact you as hard. I will say this: the the good and the bad of binge watching is mm-hmm. simply yes. You don't have much time to discuss or ruminate or simmer mm-hmm. on a particular episode, and especially when you talk about Lost. Yeah. I mean, with with The Wire, depending on where you're at in the season, there's not much to think about yeah, or yeah. much to consider. Now, if you're at the end of the fucking, like yeah. you know, you're four episodes from the end, there might be a lot to consider. Right, right. Um, but in Lost, you're right. There, there's this thing where where if you go from uh, the episode of getting into the hatch and then all of a sudden you're going to the next episode you're not thinking yeah. about the what ifs you're yeah. not thinking about where it goes and I remember when we were watching it uh, the end of season 4 and then of course season 5 and season 6 yeah, yeah. there were those especially in season 5 when we had the yeah, time yeah, travel time discussion tra- yeah, yeah. there was so much thinking about it and ruminating about it yeah. uh, for the week and we were talking about time travel discussions yeah, yeah. and everything and that whole season sort of built up to <laughs> sort of a what version of time travel are yeah. they doing which we didn't really get into 
until Ex- the next season. Exactly, so it was a yeah. lot of those conversations. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. when you watch it, binge watch it like right. that, you don't. Right. But then there's a positive side to binge watching. And Mm -hmm. I think the positive side is that bad episodes or lackluster episodes don't register as highly. Mm -hmm. If you look at a stretch, the most critical stretch that we've talked about is Mm -hmm. that eight episodes at the beginning of season three. Yes. Where a weekly watcher like you would say... What? Uh, they were again. They were they spinning were, their wheels. Yeah, yeah, they were good in that. There's there was stuff to pick apart, but yeah, it just, it just felt like what am I watching? Where this is going nowhere? This is horrible. Right. And but there was like a bet. There was like one episode, and there was like which is like a bet episode or something. What was really good in those first eight? Yeah. But yeah, it was just like. Okay. Yeah, they're 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 totally yeah. Watching it live, it was like yeah, they're totally losing losing the thread here. Somewhat. Right. Now. From my perspective, mm-hmm. this was surprising when yeah, you yeah. said this to me because I watched, I think <clears throat> I watched those first eight to ten episodes in the course of two days. Yeah. And the lacklusterness didn't occur to me episode to episode. And so, therefore, it just felt like a building narrative. It felt yeah. like the beginning of a wire season, like patience. There's going to be a little bit of character development. There's going to be a little blah, 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 blah. Mm. And then you get, I mean, even binge watching an episode like finding out about Jack's tattoos registers as a lackluster episode. Uh, Even uh, binge watching. uh, Confession. I really never hated that episode that much. Right. I always was like, wait, when are we going to find out about the other tattoos? Uh Because it it goes from like his first like four tattoos or whatever. And then there's more. And I'm like, are we going to learn more about those two? That's great. All right. right. But I, it, it never, it never felt like that episode. Never felt like there. I don't know if people like I can't, I can't gauge because I wasn't a week to week watcher mm-hmm. at the time. If people were like, I want more answers than this. Yeah. This is so surface. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. But again, uh, I am a strong believer that Byling destroys anything that she's in. She's <laughs> in one s- of the worst episodes of Angel. One of the worst episodes of of Lost. Have you seen Southland Tales? <laughs> if not, oh, she. I, I uh, this will make you watch it. I sort of compare as I was watching. I was like, this would be a good Magnolia double feature. That and that and mm-hmm. Southland Tales and that. And I was like, ah, it's pretty because John C. Riley uh, no. string. No, no, okay, Dasha. <laughs> In there. No, um, I, I, I would. It's a pretty. I don't know. I, I, I like it. I, I like the South Tales. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't as bad as people made it out to be. I, and, and I hated Donnie Darko. So you know, I well, was like, I yeah. think that's the problem with me. But Bailing's in it. What's his yeah. name? Richard. R. Kelly himself. Richard R. Kelly. No, Richard Kelly. R. Kelly. R. Kelly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Richard Kelly. Um, um, I, I, there was a time period where I was like, man, this guy's great. And then yeah. um, I think when I watched Donnie Darko, like maybe four years ago or something like that, I was like, man, where was I? <laughs> where was I? Like in my, I don't think it's a bad movie, but maybe it was because I was watching the quote unquote director's cut. Yeah, I think you told me that. And yeah. he is, he is like Spike Lee heavy handed. <laughs> We're talking about concrete hands. Well, Spike well, Lee. Uh, as I've told you many times in public forums, I cannot say right. a disparaging thing about right. Spike. He is the greatest. Miracle movie. of Santa Ana, what do you think? Uh, I think it's a great revision <laughs> of uh, the lack of African Americans mm-hmm. in war films. Right. Yeah, because, I mean, if anybody is going to make a problem about revisionist history about blacks, it's going to be Spike Lee. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tarantino does not have a right to turn slavery into Sergio Leone. Exactly. 
Exactly. <laughs> By that fact, neither did uh, Sergio Leone. <laughs> he did a, Italians. Wait, he did he, he did a he did a slavery western. <laughs> I mean, uh, once upon a time in America. Good, the bad, and ugly is about like so the Civil yeah, War. Civil War, yeah, Civil War, yeah. yeah. So there was and no blacks, a, right? There's some blacks. Once oh, upon a time in the West uh, has has a uh, a black character at the beginning. He does get killed. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's a very important character to this thing. I think I think Sergio Leone uh, had more to do with the Hispanics. connection to yeah. It was always like the South from. It was like the Texas. Uh, Texas yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he New did Mexico he, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there were there were Hispanics, and I think that's because they were shooting in Spain and also they Italian Spanish speakers. Italians could double for Hispanics. Right, that true, was a true. lot of Hispanics in there. Uh, they didn't think of doing some blackface? Yeah. Doing some slave stuff? No? Oh, no, that was good when uh, Henry Fonda was in blackface and once upon a time in the West. He used director's cut. I don't know if it was blackface or he was in the sun a long time. He's definitely, definitely got a little, uh, little, little bronzer on that's, that Oh, well, that's the other thing about uh, about uh, Leone's movies. They, people don't realize that, but they, you know, they had like these large lights and everything yeah. and they're shooting also in, in the, the midday sun and yeah. everything but he wanted everybody to always look sun scorched so everybody had heavy makeup on heavy uh, red yeah. makeup and everything and sometimes in dark light they look like they were wearing blackface <laughs> there was uh, I think it was either in Fistful of Dollars or a few, for a few dollars more to uh, they were shooting in a, a dark uh, area like it was uh, like it was Clint Eastwood in a tree yeah, or maybe yeah. it was something. It was something like he was in a dark, like barn or something, and they wanted to make his face darker because it was coming up too light, and that <laughs> it looks like he's got blackface on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So go back and check that. Um, but yeah. no, no, no. So uh, uh, those those shows don't register. Those episodes that are that are lackluster don't register to me as a binge watcher. Mm. To uh, to be uh, really crappy, though there are arcs in season three. Uh, there were episodes, even like uh, the Sweat Lodge episode with Locke, right? Where I felt, where it felt like, okay, yeah. this is a slower episode. Although, but again, like there's a, <laughs> I, I, I think even bad episodes are lost. There is like, I think that it's, that's the one great series. Because we would say, because I would say even, uh, I would say BSG had some bad episodes. Yeah. But those bad episodes, like Hero, like, don't really add much to it. But even the bad episodes are lost. Like, there's still mythology stuff in yeah. there that you can, like, the Sweat Lodge episode, You, that, I think mm-hmm. that's where we meet Horace for the first mm-hmm. time or something. Um, where, where there's little things you can pick out and, and, and stuff like that. Um, the other, to, to point, counterpoint you, uh, the other thing about watching it week to week or watching one episode at a time that you don't get with binge watching is like I, I've noticed this with myself and and, and and when I've gone back and watched things like like right now like randomly I'll just like uh, AMC has like random episodes of Mad Men on so I'll just pick one and watch it when I know I'm watching three or four episodes when it's like eight o'clock at night and I know I'm not gonna go to sleep till two or something and I know I'm gonna watch like four episodes of something or five episodes of something I don't concentrate as much on the individual parts I don't concentrate as much on the individual okay. episodes as where if I know I'm only watching one episode, I soak in as much as possible from that one episode and things don't go by you as much. Mm-hmm. Like Mad Men uh, uh, is perfect for that. Like when you watch just one episode of Mad Men, 
there's so many little things right. that you can pick out from each individual episode. They're so dense. That's true. Whereas if you're watching like a, a run of four or five, your mind is just like, okay, I'm going to watch four or five. Okay. And okay, let me get to the next one. And you don't pick up as much. We're also getting into the kind of the crux of, of my argument. Mm-hmm. And it's this. You are a black man. Okay, no, uh, no, no, no. Some you, would say Hispanic, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> whatever the situation either. calls for. Call back. You are a person that... Of color, yes. That I admire a lot for this particular issue is that... I don't know if it's because you read Steppenwall or you read reviews or you read blogs or you even read the synopsis when you're about to watch an episode, but okay. you're, you're more cognizant of titles of episodes. Yes. You watch them week to week, and I feel that you have a better um, grasp of a singular episode. So when you're saying, uh, what's the, is it? Uh, cherry blossoms or chrysanthemums? What was the uh, the sword? Of the sword and the chrysanthemum. Was that the name of the episode? Uh, production title five on. Oh yeah, yeah, the sword and the chrysanthemum. So, for instance, you bring up that episode, the and, Japanese episode of Mad Men. Right. I can I can re- I can understand based on that title, but mm-hmm. a better example would be you you name an episode, mm-hmm. and at the codfish ball. Most of the time. I don't know what that is okay. by title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's telling when you talk chrysanthemum. I, yeah, I can yeah. oh, it's Japanese episode. Yeah. But studied some Japanese, so you know sure, what sure. that means in the culture. But like the thing that I ad- admire about your thing, and this probably goes to a week to week thing, is that you have a better grasp of an episode, and you can throw around the titles of episodes and say. That one was really good. That was kind of lackluster. Blah blah blah. And because you're watching it week to week, you relate your experience to that title, mm. and there's a shorthand there. The title to you means something about mm. your experience. Mm. Whereas, as a binge watcher, yeah. and you know that, <clears throat> as a binge watcher, it's kind of like listening to a, an album. Yeah. <clears throat> to me, I'm such an album whore. I'm I'm not someone that that gravitates to just singles or tracks. Right. So when I listen to someone's album, I listen to it as a whole. So I don't really pay attention to the tracks, the first listen or even the yeah. second listen. I'm always listening to, even if it's a, not a concept album, I'm listening to the album as a whole. Yeah, Frank yeah. Ocean, whatever, you know, the, the yeah. most recent scenarios. But, <clears throat> so when I apply that to the digestion of an album, it's no problem because an album is 80 minutes at the most. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I uh, attribute that to a movie, even if it's not vignette type movie. It's a yeah. real long. It's a movie. It, we're still talking about two, three hours at the most. Yeah, yeah. So when we get to television, you're just talking about something so long form, thirteen episodes or twenty two or twenty four episodes, twenty six in some places. Yeah. These full seasons, hour longs, half hours, whatever. If I digest that digest that as an album, yeah, you know, yeah. like a, like the full world view, I'm not paying attention to that minutia. So therefore, yeah. you mention I, sometimes I can I can understand episode six of blah 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 yeah, or yeah. episode the the, the second like, to the last episode. Yeah, much I, like track two, track five. Right, I can I, that's in my mind. Yeah. It isn't until maybe the fourth or fifth listen of an album where I'm like. That track. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I recognize that track by its title now. I'm, the, the title is in there. Yeah. So the title of the episode 
doesn't get ingrained in me because most shows, unless I have it on DVD, mm-hmm. I've only watched once right. or twice. And often the once more recently has been week to week. So to me, even though I read reviews, even though I do the same thing that, that you do where you know I'm, I'm checking the, the next day like from about yeah, three yeah. different sites what their right, view right. is, it still doesn't register to me just by the title. If you say the title, then I need to kind of know what happened in that episode right, to right. to click click into what my experience was. Whether I didn't like that episode, like the episode, the plot of the episode, the the little thing in there, like you you say an episode title of Mad Men, and Mad Men I find to be the most difficult. Form. Huh? Maiden form. Oh, I love that episode. No, I don't know what that is. But uh, the Marilyn Monroe. Uh, where they where they do the the ad for the bras. Okay. And Paul comes up with she's a Marilyn or she's a jacket. Right. But then, you know, there's some there's some no, it's very good. And some episodes you mentioned be like, okay, well, it's that episode where uh Pete can't mm. fix the sink and Don right. does it and emasculates him. I'm like, mm. "Oh, Okay, yeah, yeah. perfect." Or you could tell me something that Pete did in the episode and I'd be like, "Oh, I know exactly." I will say this, what it's something dirty. I can't remember the title of it. After all that bullshit, now you're gonna throw yeah. me the episode. It's uh, yeah. which episode? What is episode uh, twelve of season two? Uh, <laughs> done. <laughs> this is the season finale of the penultimate. Uh, the season finale. Shit, I don't know. Well, nonetheless, you're you're more the fam- one where he comes back from California. <laughs> you're yeah. more you're more familiar with the title. Signal record. thirty. The title recognition of the yeah. show. Yeah. For me, and I, I don't know if I mentioned this to you before, Mad Men is such a difficult show for me to A remember a plot line from an episode, not just based on its title, mm-hmm. but where it falls in the season. Mm-hmm. And also what happened in a particular season. Granted, I've mm-hmm. only seen that show uh, all, all the way through to this point. I'm mm-hmm. current. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've only seen that show one well, time yeah. with several episodes several times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just watched season one again uh, maybe a few months ago. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm more familiar with season one. But whereas I could fucking you know, tell you Die Hard because I've watched mm-hmm. Die Hard right. 30 fucking times, 50 times... That is, that's a simple thing to digest. It's a two-hour yeah. digestion. And Whereas I, you are taking in a yeah. 10 or 11 hours of a season, yeah, yeah. it's a different scenario. But I think that, that gets to, to my point, too, that like uh, with release, like these things, on some level, on some fundamental level, these things aren't meant to be watched back to back to back like that. Like they're meant... The, the release system, like you can do that with an album because... It's not like Frank Hoach is going to put out two tracks this week and then put two tracks. Like, he wants you to digest this. This is the way I'm giving it to you. Digest it like this. Uh, movies, the same thing. Like, they come out on Friday. You can go on Friday and in one whole sitting like that. Mm-hmm. A season of Mad Men really isn't designed to be digested all in one. It's uh, all in one. It's designed to you get one episode, you think about it, and then next week you get the next episode, you think about it, blah, 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 blah. Now, I will say there are, there are definitely, and, and I'm sure you've read stuff like this, there are definitely, uh, I think the, the High Mitchell Mother guy said this, like, definitely people planning on the DVD release now. Like, yeah. they, they plan a season out yeah. to board, both work yeah. as uh, a standalone episode right. and uh, a, a 
sort of whole that you that you're gonna binge watch because they know that's how long we watch it. But I still like and I and I still think the delivery system of television, the way it's set up, the way we we are we know it's set up, is to watch one episode and and have it digest and 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 ruminate and and especially you know stuff like stuff like those stuff we've been talking about the wire even even something like the office like the early episodes you know season one through five or six of the office was great for that where you would watch one episode and there was things in there uh, uh you know comments on the state of work or whatever that you could if you just watch one episode and get all the laughs and everything but you could also break it down like that um and and, and i think that's that's where my memory for those things come from that i i really enjoy like just watching one episode even when i bitch watch something now i won't watch like when you bitch watch it? Yeah, when I watch it with some <laughs> bitch. Um, God, I was about Man. to... Yeah. Who's coming off as more misogynist this time? <laughs> oh, I never said I was. Neil Butte. Let's talk about Neil Butte. Hey, man, Nurse Betty is amazing. Yeah. Um, no, but it, 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 even when I binge watch stuff, I'll, I might only watch one or two episodes or three episodes and then, like, let it sit. Or even when, even like, I'm Here's my thing. re-watching Deadwood, I'll watch an episode and then go read Civil Wall's take on it or whatever. Here's my thing. Quick aside, I watched mm. Get a Life recently. Mm-hmm. Okay, Chris Elliott. <laughs> Too bad you didn't get a mm. life, though. Uh, I was waiting for someone to to comment on all my Get Glue updates. Yeah. Like, man, you've been watching a lot of this show. Why don't you get a life? <laughs> uh, but anyway, no. Uh, Sorry, I Chris, down, but... <laughs> Chris Elliott, uh, early '90s surrealist comedy show set yeah. up as a sitcom, yeah. and it's surprising to me. Uh, standalone episodes yes but how serialized it kind of is and I don't think that shows like that or even um, Wonder Years or whatever might have taken into consideration that there was going to be a life past broadcast at that time Maybe an yeah. archive, but yeah. I don't know if yeah. home video was like on their mind in the eighties and the that's, early nineties. That's a good point. That's uh, that'd be that'd be because I think by major- then by then movies had done it. Like by then you like something like Die Hard. But they were fucking ninety dollars to, to to buy to VHS. Oh my god, man, they were expensive as shit. Okay, but but there was already being a template, and there were sort of film studies courses and people studying film like that. So I don't think. Oh yeah, okay. TV was that like? I but mean, th- in yes, the eighties and nineties, yeah. it was not a it was not a consumerist product. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I agree with you. Yeah, it was yeah. free TV. There yeah. was no there was no DVR. Yeah, yeah. You either needed you to tape it, it yeah. or you needed to be there at nine o'clock mm-hmm. on Thursday when it was there. Yeah, but I I have to imagine there was at least some inkling of oh well, they're doing it with film. This will happen with TV at least, because no, because I, I definitely agree with you. But well, TV wasn't taken as seriously. I wouldn't so. agree to it all altogether because TV's always approached this thing kind of as a newspaper um, uh, throwaway mm-hmm. issue kind of thing, mm-hmm. ephemeral issue, uh, simply by the fact that they didn't get music rights. Yeah, that's, that's the that's biggest, the biggest problem. About the Wonder Years. That's, yeah. that's, that's why it yeah. never got on DVD, really. Yeah. I mean, it's on streaming stuff now. But, but yeah. quick aside, that, that's what I wanted to say. But back to your point, I would argue that be, when, when TV shows became serialized and became um, more long-form, connected, and filmic, cinematic... Mm-hmm. 
trying to be film, trying to be long form film. So take a two hour movie and now with these characters and even the story that we hinted at, we can do a full season and flesh out these characters and these stories more. Mm. I, uh, with the simple fact that TV shows are more filmic and more cinematic, especially a BSG or whatever. Mm. Breaking Bad, yeah. Break, Breaking Bad. That I don't know if it's still intended to be a week-to-week digestion. I can agree with sitcoms. I could agree with, to a certain extent, Lost. But let me ask you something. Once you get to Breaking Bad, you think it's... Once you get to Breaking Bad Homeland, you think it's it's maybe they're they're just thinking... Well, as a week-to-week person, let me ask you this question. Mm -hmm. As a week-to-week person, do you ever... Do you have a problem losing the narrative? Like you don't remember, you didn't remember this from season, uh, from uh, the last season or the even the first episode of the season if you're at the last uh, episode, unless they gave you that previously on? Oh, uh, sometimes. Um, and, well, what I do, especially with, with, uh, Manrin and because we have on demand, we have Netflix, is that once the season's over, like I did this, I haven't done it with this season, last season of Mad Men, but I did. I know I did it with season four where I watched it all once and I maybe I even watched it again like sometime during the week, like an episode sometime during the week. But then like when the DVD came out or when, um, when, uh, what do you call it? Uh, when it came on, uh, when AMC put it on uh, on demand, or they they ran those. Oh, okay, Mad Men's coming back. Catch up. I would DVR season four, and I would watch it again. So I never, I haven't had that problem. But I, but it's not really the question because I'm saying, like you're saying, if somebody just watched it once and then they come back to it, yeah, there, there's been times where I lose a thread, but there's enough there, and and. Because you know we take it seriously enough that we could go. Oh yeah, I remember. I vaguely remember this pop. But I, but I think it's also a personality thing. If if you're a person who wants to go home and watch a a TV show after work, you're have a tired day. You just want to take off your shoes, make a lean cuisine, and fucking sit down and watch something. Cuisine really a healthy choice. You're most like a healthy choice. You're most likely not going to be watching something or committed to something Mm. that is serialized entertainment. I'm not saying that that's not true for some people but the people that are casual watchers are not watching it the way that you and I do or someone who's in film and television does so someone who's deep in like it is a commitment to watch Breaking Bad or whatever because it is a show you have to watch from the beginning and Lost especially if you pick up in season 6 you're fucking you're not gonna get you're not gonna understand most stuff so that thread to me is if you're a watcher like you or I or a film and TV person that you want to not only digest it, but you want to pick up on in-jokes, you want to pick up on winks, you want to pick up on references to previous things, and just more specifically, your personality being like mine, Mm -hmm. that when you watch a show, you want to have that full experience. You don't want to miss anything. Right, right, right. So... When I say that it that it's gone beyond kind of a week to week thing, and now things are are filmic and cinematic and and season long arcs, and they're kind of built to be digested as a rolling narrative, even an episode, even a season of Breaking Bad, for instance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
that if you watch it and digest it, like for instance, coworkers of our, ours have just gotten up on uh, Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. and they're talking about how they picked up on this, picked up on that. Well, it made me think of when I was rewatching Lost, uh, season one and season two, and mm-hmm. I would call you up and be like, "Can't believe blah 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 happened to this," yeah. and I remember you saying, "I don't really remember that because right, right. I, you that know, I haven't yeah. seen it in so long," and also probably because you watched it week to week. There was yeah. probably a, a focus on the week to week aspect, yeah. so that thread connecting episode seven to episode fifteen maybe didn't you didn't remember it the same way right I'd agree with that well I I feel like that's the advantage Uh, there are two advantages to the binge to the to the binge watching one you don't lose so many narrative lines or you pick up on more references if you're right, watching right. it in a bench. Because you just watched it. Right. You didn't watch it two months ago. You watched it like right. yesterday. Yeah. And lackluster episodes often don't register as disappointing as it is on. I will say this. A lackluster episode of The Office. Mm-hmm. Because I watched it week to week, but then I would watch. I, I got the. I I would get the DVDs afterwards. I was mm-hmm. the biggest Office fan in the first three seasons. Yeah. yeah. So. I would watch those episodes to week, week to week, and I was really in love with uh, season one, one through three, especially yeah. season three. When I started watching season four again, when it picked back up, yeah. I was so disappointed because I was realizing how um, reliant it was becoming on goofy Michael Scott uh, kind of things, yeah. especially with Dwight. I watch a show like. 30 Rock and Parks and Rec. Yeah, yeah. And I think Parks and Rec is probably the best example. Or even Community. Mm-hmm. I watch that week to week and I am never disappointed. Or yeah. at least I'm less disappointed. Now, I don't know if that's a testament to the writing and their, their better shows and they're not going off the rails kind of the way that The Office did. Right, right. Uh, but the experience week to week is like, it's almost like I'm... So looking forward to it. And it's weird that currently Uh I'm having a different experience week to week. Like I'm actually enjoying it more week to week. Granted, I haven't watched it. Granted, I haven't watched it in a bit. I didn't watch Parks and Rec ever in a binge. I always watched it week to week or or two episodes a week or whatever. If I missed a a week. But... Currently, with drama, it's be- it's become kind of uh, uh, what what's the the fuck up statement that I said it was a, a half dozen of one, twelve uh, of another, yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. Uh, what was it? Uh, half of one, two, twelve, twelve dozen, dozen of another, yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. What was it's, the actual saying? Uh, six, six of, of one, yeah. half dozen of another. Yeah, you said yeah, you said <laughs> half of one, six dozen of another. Yeah. <laughs> Man, so you're either gonna have half a one or seventy two? That doesn't seem right. So uh you can it's, take either, it's either, weird yeah. now. I can take I can take a show especially if it's a half an hour comedy. Yeah. Or like Louie. Louie's a perfect oh, example. Yeah, yeah. So you can you can digest an episode of Louie, yeah. uh, which is a single camera comedy narrative that's almost kind of like uh, little surreal yeah. vignettes. It's almost catch, but not yeah. quite yeah, yeah. But you I would, would, I would imagine by a week. Yeah, I would imagine binge watching that you'd lose so much because like it's so it's I just, agree. Because the way because the way he does 
especially not so much his third season, but like the first two seasons where he's just like filming stuff and like yeah. sort of yeah. piecing yeah. shit together. Like you think of you think of stuff and you're just like, when did that? That's especially yeah. like when did that happen? Um, but I, but you also find when people binge watch stuff. Like I remember. Uh, at the beginning of the last couple seasons of both Mad Men and Breaking Bad, you had people going, why is this so slow? I'm just like, have you not right. been watching this show? Right. But it's the thing of like when you watch two seasons in, in two right. weeks, it doesn't seem that slow to you. But right. when you watch and then you pick up and like you only get an hour a week now, you're like, right. oh, this is moving so slow. No, it's not moving yeah, slow. Yeah. It's just the way that you watched it. Yeah. You binge watched it. So you got to see yeah. so much happen in, in those two yeah. weeks where now you're gonna, it's going to take three months to get the mm-hmm. same high that you got in a week. Yeah. So there's some shows. What I'm saying is, you should do crack. <laughs> yeah. For 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 some shows, I feel like the week to week is something that enriches my viewing experience. Mm-hmm. And then others, I'll, I'll give an example. I I have, I have a problem with watching, uh, a show like Justified yeah. week to week. I like to. Like brought Justified up. Fill, fill, I like to fill up the DVR with a few episodes mm-hmm. and then get into it. Because watching that show, like my biggest criticism of Justified is that it's a good, not great show. It's yeah, one yeah. of those shows that I like to watch, but I'm, it's not like The Wire to me. Yeah, yeah. So it feels like a, a good um, kind of uh, a good uh, uh, snack. It, it, when I watch an episode oh my <laughs> it feels like that when I watch one episode yeah. but when I feel like when I watch three or four episodes I'm like man I'm really especially last season with yeah. the qu- quarrels, quarrels yeah. I, I felt so good but to that watch you mean because they were testing yes. about it exactly no I think but I think Justified definitely suffers from that not not that I, I think people suffers from what um, I it suffers from comparison of like people want it to be the Sopranos or the Wire or these top tier shows, and I just don't think it is. Like watching, I remember. So you, I watched the first season, and then the second season was where people were like, "Okay, this could be next all timer." And then the third season was sort of a letdown. So I remember watching. We're like, when we record this. We're like three episodes into the new season. I remember watching that first episode and going, "Oh, I am so happy to have this show back. I'm so happy to watching this show." And this show is just like a really good burger. Like, it's not cuisine. It's not like it's not going to be some sort of a uh, uh, wire Sopranos. It's just going to be this really good show that has these sort of plot of the week stuff that ties in thematically to other stuff. But it's just it. it the show is by now. The show is what it's going to be, pretty mm-hmm. much. Um, so, I I think once I stopped trying to think of like oh this is going to be an all-timer and just go like eh, this is this going to be uh i finished reading uh bill sims's book uh on basketball and pretty pretty much had tears for the hall of fame uh the hall of fame is in each sport has Shut <laughs> the fuck up. like so he had like basically like the best of the best fernando breaks my balls on sports <laughs> all the time <laughs> Because I don't watch sports. Don't watch sports. I don't watch sports. I'm not a big fan of sports. Like a lot of fucking nerds. Uh, I used to watch sports a lot when I was a kid. And he likes to, every once in a while, break my balls and and, and emasculate me. By if he mentions a sports term, then he'll be like, that's when in football they blow. Why why isn't he emasculating? That's interesting. It is because I think. You feel like less of a man because you don't watch sports? I have gotten that fucking look from other guys like you don't I get it from John yeah, Roth you don't watch me. sports yeah. Yeah, yeah. dude what do you do yeah. I've gotten that question like what are you in 
to. Did you ever go to John Wall? Yeah, I was getting pussy. <laughs> That's what you should have said. Man, um, did you watch that game last week with the Redskins? No, nah, nah. I was fucking my girl. <laughs> yeah. uh, but no, so yeah, so like, so he has this like pantheon, and then he has levels. So like. It, Justified is like on the edge of that pantheon, but yeah. I don't think it'll ever break through. It's like, and that's fine, that's great. You're yeah. still one of the 20, 30 yeah. best shows of yeah. whatever. So once I think that's that's the, the trap we've fallen into, sort of post two thousands, where we got so many great. It yeah. was it was like an anomaly. We got it's an anomaly. We got yeah, we got spoiled. So we're like, even something like Homeland, which still could be great. If it's not, you just go, oh well, you know, there was fifty years of TV where that didn't happen. You know. Here's the other thing, you're someone. And I'll make this quick because we're getting kind of low on the time for this segment. Segment, yeah. yeah. Uh, you're the kind of person that will watch something in season one, and I am one of these people that will not yeah, watch yeah, yeah, yeah. it until maybe one or two yeah, seasons yeah, yeah, yeah. in. And it's not—it's it, not like I don't do that with some I will shows. Admit, it's a little hipstery of me, yeah. Like, oh, you're not up on, uh, on blah, blah, blah yet? I am. But I think that... Holla at me when. But I think... <laughs> holla at me when, Fernando, is the cornerstone Fernando. If you watch... If, if Fernando's yeah. watched anything before you, get ready for the holler at me when. Yeah. This happens. Yeah. Oh, oh, you only up on uh, episode two of Debatable Podcast? Holla at me when Pete Lev comes through. <laughs> holla at me when you find out about that st- that uh, Oscar statue on his on his wall. <laughs> No, but it's like that to me. It's like uh, I, I. It's not that I don't yeah. watch some shows from off the bat, but I. It's the commitment. Yeah. It's the time commitment, and it's also the commitment to something that might not float. Yeah. For instance, Terriers. Yeah. I watched two episodes of Terriers, and I was really into it, but I fell off because I got busy, and yeah. also because I was like, man, this is so good, I don't want to watch this week to week. Yeah. I actually said that to yeah. myself. And uh, I just let the DVR fill up. And when it finally got to the end, and I heard that it got canceled, yeah. I was like... Man, there's one season of a really great show that I'm hearing about from you and from things I'm reading. And I'm like, fuck, because I so want to jump on. So it wasn't until months later that I got onto it and I was like, man, it was really fucking great. But then I remember telling you, then the, the, I think we said this yesterday, like the time commitment changes. Like now that you know it's only one season, you're like, oh, it's, it's like, it's like seeing a movie. You're like, oh, I know exactly what it is. Now I don't have to worry but it's, about when really come back or whatever. But see, here's the thing. Here's the thing I fear about watching a show from the first season. And this is probably why a lot of shows don't float or they get canceled or whatever. Because maybe there are other binge watchers like me. If you're going to commit to something, you want it to be good to great. You don't want it to be yeah. mediocre. Okay. Yeah. So whereas I'll start watching, like I said to myself, you know what? Just moving with the girlfriend. Let's find something that we can watch week to week that we're excited about. We'll watch it. Mm-hmm. So we will start watching Revolution. <laughs> and that is such a kind of <laughs> mediocre and weak show, especially yeah, yeah. in the first four, five, or six episodes. And it was something that we just didn't get excited about. I have, I have that same problem with sort of uh, Hollywood thrillers. Like until you watch it, you don't know how good it's gonna be. Yeah. Like uh, the the perfect example of this was Breach because it came out like in February mm-hmm. or March or something, and people were like, "Oh my god, this is so good!" I'm just like, but it looks like every other yeah. bad thriller that you've seen. But then yeah. you watch and you're like, "Oh okay." So like I think that and yeah, it's it's down to the execution. But yeah, I I sort of see that, but I'm just like, 
But that's the worry like, love, for me because you I, say I, I just TV like my love life. I jump in wholehearted, baby. Sure, I don't sure. have problems. If I, sure. if I get hurt, if revolution breaks my heart, well, I never. But see, the, this is the thing. You know, this is the thing that that um, passionate uh, TV film people um, uh, suffer from, whereas a casual viewer yeah. doesn't. If someone like your friend Jason. Yeah. will watch a show from the beginning yeah. and if it's mediocre or whatever he won't feel bad about jumping off of it yeah, yeah. whereas someone like us who yeah. are obsessive there's an obligation that once you start yeah. you have to because it might get better exactly yeah. Yeah. so yeah you know a boss I really want to watch boss yeah, yeah. he says it's great but it just got cancelled so now right, it's right. a reevaluation of oh there's only two or Three seasons? Two, two, two seasons. seasons. Yeah. Two seasons to watch. Fine. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. House of Lies, too. House of Lies, I hear good yeah. things about it, and then I hear, that's, like... Yeah. That's oh. the one I completely agree with you on. Like, you know I mean? I've heard so many different things, and Cheeto's in it, and John yeah. Ralphio's in it, and I really yeah. want to watch it, and yeah. So, it, to I'm me, like, that's... That. To me, that's the major obstacle for my TV viewing. I can't. I, very rarely do I get into a show from the from the jump, mm. and and uh, it has to be something that either has uh, uh, a a showrunner that I'm really excited about, mm. and even then, it, 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 it used to, especially around uh, Lost, I was like, yeah. anything J.J. Abrams is doing, I'm gonna fucking jump on. And there were some pretty mediocre Not shits that came out. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, no, but yeah, yeah even that Fringe point. that I hear got yeah. much better, and I really do want to watch it. That first yeah, season. Yeah. Had some fucking mediocre reviews. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then yeah, but there's stuff that I think we get to the point, and uh, if this is the last thing we say, I'll say this. Like, there's also stuff that like because of the people involved, I will support it no matter what. Like, okay. um, I really, really want. Uh, if you heard of Real House Husbands of Hollywood, mm-hmm. really want that to be good. And like looking at it. Like, I want, because uh, uh, it's uh, Kevin Hart, I think the showrunner is this guy, I think it's Chris Spencer, like he, remember the Vibe, uh, the Vibe TV show on UPN? Mm-hmm. Like the talk show, he was like the first yeah, yeah. host or the second host, whatever. And I really want him to be going, I want to make Black Kirby Enthusiasm, because mm-hmm. it, because it, it sort of has that potential where it's like... Blacks are neurotic? Exactly! I, you wouldn't know that! <laughs> um, but like, it, it sort of has that like guy in Hollywood and this sort of maneuvering and there's yeah. sort of like these these social norms and stuff like that and I really really want that show to be good and I was cause I, and, I, and I think uh, uh, I was gonna say this what Kevin Hart what Kevin Hart and BET did is sort of great for Kevin Hart because I think Kevin Hart like he could've gone to NBC and did a sitcom yeah. but as I watched the first episodes of Real House Husbands he was in that show mm-hmm. During the show, they advertised him being on, like, Wendy Williams because they might, like, run mm-hmm. Wendy Williams reruns after mm-hmm. the... So, like, an hour after the show, he was on there. Mm-hmm. They they ran, apparently, Comic Views back, mm-hmm. who's hosting it, Kevin mm-hmm. Hart. Mm-hmm. And then I, I watched, like, uh, like the Second Generation Wayans, which is a show about, like, uh, uh, the like Second Generation yeah. Wayans Brothers. And he made a cameo on that. So, it's like, that... The relationship he has with BET is, like, they're going to build this block around him. They're yeah, going to, like... like he, it, yeah, right? he's, like their get whereas at, at NBC he'd just be like oh another star yeah. whatever whatever don't you think that that kind of like okay there is one scenario where he goes to a network that's as big as NBC or CBS yeah. or ABC or, or even or even something like HBO I, I don't think he'd get that but kind he of would get you're, you're right isn't the scenario he would get lost in the shuffle but don't you think mm-hmm. being at BET and being that exposed he, he risks overexposure and hatred and and just you know at some point people were like oh my god Kevin but Hart's I think and everything. but that's the thing I think 
I no, because I think I nobody treats BET seriously. Like TV, I think the black I think black TV are, fans. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody who's gonna listen to this treats BET seriously. That's so, fucked up, man. What? That's fucked up. You have a lot of no people who treat BET seriously. Yes. Who? Huh. Exactly. So I don't think. Like, if this had happened at AMC, that would have happened. Yes, people would have been like, oh, why are they... Yeah, he's funny, but why is AMC doing so, throwing so much behind him? I think at BET, it's the sort of situation where it's it's off the beaten path a little bit. It's sort of the underdog, so that won't really happen. You're not going to get, like, 8 million think pieces on Kevin Hart's running BET. Mm-hmm. What does this relationship mean? Blah, 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 this blah. Is, this is actually a, a much longer yeah, issue. Yeah. Because it's something that I do want to talk about, but it's it's a episode much forty. Episode yeah. forty. It's yeah. a forty-one. Yeah. Uh, since we're talking about TV, so so just to to kind of sum up, there's probably pros and cons to both. I think the the biggest to me, like because you said your pros and cons, the biggest uh, pro to me for week to week is that it is that uh, even if you sort of rewatch the episode, is you pick up on a lot more. Like things don't okay. don't just fly by you. You're you're watching yeah. this thing, so your your scope. You know, you only have an hour of it. Yeah, sixty minutes. So yeah. you're kind of you're looking at each scene. You're looking at yeah. the the character and the narrative development. You're yeah. not trying to piece it together as part of a whole. Exactly. If you're gonna watch yeah. six episodes, you're kind of like it could because that's the thing about Mad Men for me. That again, that I go back to, the reason that it all meshes together for me mm. is because. Another scenario of Greg, you need to get up on this. And I think I watched the first season or the first two yeah. seasons whenever I got up on it. Yeah. And that's a scenario where I watched the whole thing and I'm kind of like looking at it as an arc. But yeah. even though it is an arc and, and it's serialized, it's also kind of like there is a statement and something to be said about this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This episode about over here is, is a Peggy-centric episode. Yeah. I think since... The Sopranos, it's the most sort of yeah. standalone, like that, that we consider like these yeah. great dramas, that it has the most sort of standalone episodes where right. they're, not, they're not completely standalone because they, they, there's stuff in it that will probably come back later, but... I figured yeah. out what it is. It's, it's more many white people. It, it's more subtle. Yes. To me, Mad Men's serialization is more subtle than a season of 24 that you could label as, oh, that's the one with the nuclear weapon on the train. Or uh, that's the season of loss that uh, they were, that they got off the island. Yeah. Okay. So since we're talking about TV and I think it's appropriate considering we talked about this in, in episode one, uh, now I'm up on Lena Dunham's girls. Got up on Lena Dunham. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which one? Wait, which which one of Lena Dunham's girls? Uh, Mark. Jenny Cotton. Okay, yeah. So, um, in the first episode, we were talking about tiny furniture. I thought you were, I thought you would be like in the first episode of Girls. Okay. In the first tiny episode, we were of, of the debatable podcast. Sure. Uh, we were talking about Lena Dunham, and actually, kind of an interest of mine uh, was I had heard so much about that movie, and f- not just from critics, but from friends, and I wanted to get into it, and I I really had. I, you know what? I'm a, I'm attracted to Lena Dunham's uh, energy and what mm. and the kind of person that she is. Not just in in her shows and her movie, but 
socially, in her, like social media, yeah, yeah. kind of her persona. Yeah, yeah. I have this kind of like, I, I guess I have this kind of like cultural crush on the things that she puts out, the yeah, things yeah. that she says. And so uh, I was like, Tiny French, I want to check that out and let's talk about it. I'm, I'm not going to have time to get up on girls, but let me, talk let's about talk that. about it. Yeah. So uh, we talked about it a little bit and you made a point that, you know, if you were kind of like uh, uh, lukewarm on, on Tiny French, you should definitely go check out girls. Yeah. And I did. I finally got uh, onto it after, you like know, many fun. other things I was watching. Finally got some girls. I finally got on some girls. Um, so... You're absolutely right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> like the whole the whole show is a lot more entertaining. Yeah. A lot to me a lot less uh, boringly pretentious. Yes. And a, a lot, lot funnier. Too, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I like the characters more. There's yeah. more. But again, you know, because it's a, a series, you got more character development. Right. right. Um but yeah, the show. Uh, what was I thinking about? You know, even with, you know what, you know what it was like. We talked about this in the first episode. There was criticism of that show. Yeah, and it was a racial criticism. Sure. And maybe a part I was one of, of them. Yeah. Yeah, and part of it was probably I wanted to watch the show, but my girlfriend didn't want to watch it. <laughs> black women for, for the reason of what we talked about you know yeah. and so uh i had trouble to to get into it on my own on my own time frame now i just want to know who wears the pants in this relationship greg you're trying to find something you so say you start to watch a revolution with her it she puts you up on buffy so you watch yeah. it you can't watch girls yeah. because she doesn't want to watch it put well your, it's fucking also, pants on it's also you're the man in that relationship motherfucker it's also a sharing of a tv <laughs> and all that shit yeah. you know love you monique yeah yeah but okay, so so girls is is not only got Lena Dunham in there, yeah. and a certain level of of, of uh, Williamsburg hipsterness to it, and, yes. and New York hipsterness to it, yeah, yeah. but it's also got a kind of a a, a uh, it it does have a stamp of Judd Apatow on it. I feel. Um, I don't I don't see it as strong as this other stuff. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, maybe I mean it could it's be simply. Ju- I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if mm-hmm. what I'm watching is well, Lena okay. Dunham unchecked. Is what I'm saying. Okay. Like, no, it feels okay. like here's here's Lena Dunham as a bird, and he's kind of helping her. I would definitely say now that I think about it. Yeah, it definitely shares sort of the the stunted growth. Like, yeah. are these these people that are wrestling with uh, uh, extended adolescence sort of thing? Yeah. yeah. So it has that to it. Sure. Yeah. But I think. But I think a lot of that is, is Lena Dunham too. Like I don't. No, yeah. I, I mean, I. I uh, so from from everything she said, she's very gracious when talking about Jenny Connor or Judd and how they help her out. Uh, and and and, I, and certainly, yeah, bouncing things off of them or whatever. But I think, I still think I would be willing to bet like the creative stuff, the the bucks those stuff that. Oh yeah, because no, yeah. it, it's that show is is so singular it's 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 the closest to louis that there is on tv kind of thing to me like it's it's her she's in it she stars in it and it's her voice like it's very clearly the voice of somebody who's 26 and and, and doing it and she's lucky enough to have this platform yeah but it's very much like this i don't think a 40 year old 45 year old white man could could have that sort of insight yeah to to to, to be that specific to to what Lena Dunham 
with this pudding on that show. It's it's it's, it's interesting because it's so close to our age that yeah. um, the anybody in their late twenties, early thirties can relate to it. I uh-huh. think if the, especially if they have a single, if they if they have a a single dating life. Yeah. But it also by that fact just her being a little younger than us is that there all all of those criticisms about the new generation uh apply to her so all the things that that make her and her stories instantly relatable Mm -hmm. also make them eye-rollingly like millennial Millennial and and kind of shallow. There's a sure, part. Of, yeah. There's a part of there that, that's really relatable, especially in the first episode of season one, where you feel at some point, and maybe this is just a, a it's a, a it's a social and a a, a, a class system thing mm-hmm. that if you were ever helped out by your parents, yeah. you're. The cord is finally cut, and you need to be your own person. Right, right, right. Now you don't absolutely have to have that happen in your life to experience that. Everybody at some point becomes their own person. So right, maybe right. you know it's a not financial help, but your parents are not around emotionally as much. They're like find your own way. Yeah. But then there's also that point of, I went to school. I don't know what I'm qualified for. Mm. I'm underqualified for this. I don't know this. Yeah. You know, there's that that she's working at that place uh, in, in season one, and and the girl uh, who gets to keep her job only gets to keep it because she knows Photoshop. Yeah, and it made me laugh because I was like, <laughs> yeah. especially in our uh, work. Yeah. yeah. I think that's true. You need to know technical skills. And when you don't, like, you can get feeling like Lena Dunn's character does. Hannah, right? That's her name. Hannah Barbath. Yeah. So that, that, that to me is instantly relatable. But at the same time, there's a bunch of kind of whiny millennial stuff in there that I'm like, oh my God, I hate this generation. (laughs) No, I, I, I think also what the, the, the show captures is this sort of feeling of, you're out of college and you know you're gonna do something, but you're either not ready or those doors aren't open yet. Yeah. So like, Marnie wants to be in the art world, but she's only a receptionist. You yeah. know, Hannah wants to do be a writer, but she can't land a writing job yeah. because she doesn't have enough experience with them. Yeah. So I mean, it's and that's you know like, well, how do you get experience if you don't have like yeah. if you won't give me the thing? Um, I I like the whiny millennial stuff. Like I I. I but I that's think what you're closer makes closer to it than yeah, I am too. A little bit too. Yeah, I'm slightly younger than you. Um, so so that sort of stuff sort of speaks to me we're, we're very much an, an I generation you know we, we're we're on a podcast like we're, we are on a thing where we said fuck we're gonna circumvent the system and just put it out there and if nobody listens to it fine but we to get our artistic expression out or whatever the thing that always made me um, the thing that I always took away from one of these classes I had in in uh college that seemed interesting to me because I I am to a certain degree still like this but especially then I was like I'm an artist mm-hmm. and I'm very into the self-importance of being an artist mm-hmm. and when you do artistic work for yourself I remember this this was in an avant-garde class mm-hmm. that 
one of the major criticisms of the avant-garde movement in film or anywhere actually yeah, yeah. art you know actual art world is that you're doing masturbation Yes. You are performing it for yourself. Mm. You're not. There's a there's an I- issue of recognition. You want to be recognized. The hipsters wouldn't tell you that they want yeah, 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 recognition, yeah. but they do. Right. But there is this. That's why they wear goofy glasses. Exactly. There's this self masturbation that goes along with it, and yeah. that's what's critical of people who are in the I generation. I feel yeah, that there's yeah, yeah. selfishness, and then whatever they do. Um, to express themselves, mm. there's a lot of cultural masturbation. Mm. It isn't so I, I much. Think, I want to yeah. put this out. It's not. It's not the the um, generation of of the seventies. Yeah, I, and I think I, and I think uh, the character of Hannah does that well, where she's someone that would definitely say that she would yeah. definitely be like, no, this is my art and it's for me. Yeah, yeah. But well, she may, and, and it's sort of like that weird. It's like that episode where where Charlie finds the journal. Yeah. Well, you know, some part of her is happy that somebody read yeah. her stuff, and, yeah. and then the next episode, was, she's like, but really, if it wasn't about you, what do you think right. about it kind of thing? I yeah. was going to relate it to uh, Adam doing the performance art piece, yeah, 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 and, yeah. And, walking he, out, yeah. and walking out saying, if it's not going to be done my way, yeah. the way that I wrote it, then blah, blah, blah. Bullshit. But yeah. there's also kind of like, to me... Uh, uh, because Lena Dunham writes and directs a lot of the episodes mm-hmm. and has her stamp on it, she is disarmingly um, aware and and kind of a mishmash of current I generation stuff and kind of old soul um, thing, probably because yeah. of the way she was raised. Yeah. But... She's got that part of Adam, you know, saying, I'm not going to fucking do this because it's not my art and it's not the way that I wanted it performed and it's not yeah. the way I write it. So fuck that dude. I'm just going to walk. Yeah, yeah. And then the way he comes around and says, listen, I'm going to finally do it. Yeah, yeah. It is about just like the, the theme of the series growing up and, yeah, yeah. and getting to, to a real point and, and um, the compromises that you make growing up are not necessarily a compromise to your character. They're about growing right. up. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's interesting. There's several times, especially with the way she writes and handles her parents uh, in season one yeah. or older characters yeah. that I'm like, you know what? She has a grasp of what the destination is for these young characters. Yeah. She's not just stuck in me, 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 uh, kind of uh, selfish dating life, selfish artistic life. Yeah. She also, as a, as a real person, not Hannah, mm-hmm. as a real person making the series, she's very aware of the destination of growing up. The yeah. parents that would cut their daughter off. She's aware of those people. And and how to write them really well. I really like those scenes with her parents, especially when yeah, they're the second the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's Peter Scholar, see some Scalari, see, yeah. see Peter Scholar's bosom mm-hmm. buddy, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, yeah. That came up with uh, I remember reading something about like Jonah Hill or when he was on Oprah or something. Right. Where it was like he plays slacker characters so people think of him that way. Yeah. When, you, when really, it, to get to that level, you have to be a really hard exactly. worker. Exactly. So people see Hannah yeah. and sort of get yeah. that conflation or they see ti- the uh, the girl in Tiny Furniture and they're yeah. like, oh, this so she is, oh, yeah, part of her, but she has enough drive and she can work well enough with people mm-hmm. that she could get a HBO yeah. show that's not only yeah. on the air, but then well critically received and spark all this conversation. Um, and I think yeah. part of the criticism... Oh shit. Huh. 
Huh. Put it on vibration, huh? I did. Yeah, I vibrate. It's my alarm. Oh, that's good. It's alarm to get up and get ready. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. The 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 thing is that I think part of the criticism is seeing Lena Dunham as just her character. Yeah. yeah. The crit the critics are like she's that yeah, when she's yeah. not she's really not, that. Yeah. yeah. If you step if you take a step back, like she's yeah. built an empire almost. Yeah. You know? She's 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 been able to do all this and right. And work very hard at it, and, right. and not only make something, make something that's so good right. that somebody would call their favorite show of 2012. Yeah, you did, and I, I liked. I, in fact, I think part of the reason that I wanted to finally watch the show is because yeah. you you felt so strongly about it. Yeah, it's it, you it, made good yeah. points. Yeah, it's. I mean, the last couple of years, you know, I've told you this. Like anything to do with dating, I'm like all in yeah. for. Yeah. yeah, and like watching both, I think. I said this before. I think I said it. On, I said it on my podcast. There's something that Lena Dunham is doing with Marnie that I find fascinating. Like, it's so harsh to call somebody ugly. Like, you can't. Like, it's it's this weird. Did you ever hear Greg Matola talk about Adventureland? Mm-mm, where uh, so so he there was this thing where he said I think it was the AV Club. He said so he makes Adventureland, which I think it was about him or either the writer or whatever. Way where it's the, this nerdy guy fighting over then two girls are fighting over him. Or whatever that sort of dynamic, where in real life those girls aren't that hot. Like you see the movie and it's like, oh yeah, of course you had two chicks on you, but don't, they don't look like that. They look like that because yeah. it's Hollywood and you have to yeah. make them look like that. Yeah. So there's something interesting going on with Marnie to me, where it's like the most classically beautiful person in the cast is the worst. Like, and you don't, and and. It's not that that hasn't been done before. We've seen it, but it, the 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 norm is like that we equate beauty, and I'm, and I'm and I am I am partial to this too. Like we equate beauty with goodness so much that the Marnie being so horrible and mm-hmm. so like I I I had this argument with my friend on Twitter. Like I I can stand Hannah because she's she at least knows some of her faults. She at least knows she has faults. Mm-hmm. Marty wouldn't admit to having yeah, yeah, faults. Yeah. Like she, she'd make this, oh yeah, I've made mistakes, but she would never admit to it. And that's what drives me crazy about mm-hmm. her. Yeah. And her being the most classically beautiful one, there's a lot of, there's a lot of playing with that notion of ugly, beautiful people in mm-hmm. Marnie that I find fascinating. Well, there's a, a, uh, a setup, a kind of um, juxtaposition yeah. of... Lena Dunham and the characters around her too. Uh-huh. Uh, I said it in episode one, and I'm still very um, impressed and surprised by Lena Dunham in and of herself because to make a show with the scope of 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 girls where it is about um, hipsters and still about something that is generally considered popular and beautiful yeah. she still is able to get past what are physical hang-ups yes, yes. she does nudity on the program so she's bright, yeah. she she has what would be considered a classical woman's body yeah. and she doesn't do anything that would make you think think that she's ashamed of that yeah, 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 and I think uh, uh, with with the uh, I did some research for this podcast, and by that I mean I stumbled onto mm-hmm. 
Alan Balkman's podcast, um, where, where she says, like, none of Hannah's things, none of our hangups are about her body. Yeah. So it's like, even though exactly. she's exactly. sort of frumpy and, and, exactly. and like, like classically, and she has mm-hmm. curves and everything, mm-hmm. none of her anxiety comes yeah. from that. Which is interesting considering right. the program, yeah. uh, where it takes place, yeah. and the scope of it. I would think if you're dealing with that community in yeah. a place which is beyond anything so yeah. looks oriented yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and dealing with so many of the characters that are seem to be fashionable, especially yeah. Marnie, that this interest is not yeah. the point of the program. Exactly. And and uh, have you seen the second episode of this yeah. season? Yeah, yeah, where, where they're talking about a pretty person job. And, yeah, yeah, a pretty person job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, uh, uh, or or <laughs> where Marnie's like, I could be a model and show Sean. I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Let's say all that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and, and, and I think it's one of those, like, and I think Lena Dunham with, with that choice is also making sort of a chicken egg argument of our are women really obsessed with their bodies that much or is it are we supposed to think we're supposed to be obsessed with our body that much so she makes this character that looks like her and everything mm. but isn't that's not that's yeah. not the thing she's worried about she's yeah. like yeah this is it yeah whatever i know i look good yeah. uh uh reminds me of the the chris rock joke about uh uh, four hundred pound. Uh, you ever seen a four hundred pound white woman? She ain't. She ain't going out. She been in the house with three years. Four hundred pound black woman's going out. Yeah, I got a gut. This would go pussy under this yeah, gut. Yeah. yeah. So I think Lena Dunham is like, yeah, I got a gut. I think go pussy under this gut. I think that's probably one of the uh, pr- premier, like the 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 top things that I love about the program. Mm-hmm. Not just the way that it handles, like. Frank dating scenarios, mm. but the fact that it is not about that, and it's it's so much about um, kind of the, the show could easily, considering it's called Girls, mm-hmm. easily deal with image all the time. Right, it right, could right. turn into an ABC drama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's sort of de- yeah, but it's subtle. It's like yeah, it's not. It's like. It's like H on the level of things that the show's concerned yeah, yeah, about. Yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, it's there because they're women and whatever, but it's yeah. it's not the end all be all yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Here's my question: um, uh, Does Adam have Tourette's or is he autistic? because uh, <laughs> yeah. he's got moods. He, is yeah, he bipolar? He's got he's so many. Got something. He. I don't know if that's just the read on the. I love. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Adam Driver. Yeah, but what's his name? The actor. Adam Driver. <laughs> What's the name of... Th- oh, so he's playing... Again, this is... <laughs> I thought that it was... Dark base, Greg. Yeah. Not that no, his name, name is Adam Driver, and the character's name no, is Adam. Okay. Yeah. So, Adam I don't Driver. know if that's... Like, I, I. that's another That's another guy that I... Like Lena Dunham, I'm, yeah. like, uh, so infatuated with by... I haven't seen anything else that he's been in. I don't see Lincoln? No, I'm he played Lincoln. Lincoln. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, he's Lincoln. But he's only in it for like two minutes. But that—that's too. It's like I don't know how much of that is his um, only, yeah. interpretation of the character, <laughs> or how much it really is his yeah. persona. Uh, and I know I know a little bit of history about him. I've read about him and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And and he's just a fascinating actor, actor to me yeah, yeah. because he. I, I, I kind of find myself relating to Adam because <laughs> hold on because the things that he's saying and doing yeah, are yeah. kind of like thoughts yeah, that are yeah. on the surface that he's saying yeah, yeah. they're usually thoughts that men don't say 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely a sort of uh, uh, to to quote another uh, another one of the all time greats, uh, Sopranos. Like, where did Gary Cooper go? What happened to Gary Cooper? He's definitely yeah. had that sort of like trying to be this sort of ideal of what a man is yeah. but living in a world where that's not really the yeah. fact that he is that it sort of shuns him a little bit yeah. but then he has enough of the sensitivity and enough of like yeah. men are supposed to be sensitive that he can he can play that or yeah. he can have that but he still very much like wants to it's almost like he's almost Pete Campbell where he where he wants to live in a world where he goes and, and kills an animal and brings it home over his shoulder but he knows that that world doesn't exist anymore and, but and, he's and also, it causes awkwardness. Yeah, yeah. And, can, and I think that's what what uh, Hannah and Olinda Dunham are saying that like women are attracted to that, but it's sort of like how how does that like a lot of times that sort of personality clashes with the personality of someone like Hannah, and she doesn't know how to deal with it. But be but but let's also say that. It would be uh, just like the uh, the physic the physicality thing. It would be easy for Adam to be a one note dogish yeah, character yeah. in that show in yeah. a show and, about and he women. He starts off like that. He does, but yeah. he's also got this interest and and kind of fallen in love yeah. with her that you don't expect when you yeah. watch the first five episodes. Yeah, where you're yeah. like, why the fuck is she hanging out yeah, with this yeah, yeah. dude? Exactly. And that, again, that's the beat. Like yeah. you, you, you have. It, it would be so, especially considering, and and I mean, with Lena Dunham, her age until for like the next ten years is going to be an issue. Yeah. So like considering how young she is, just to have this vile, demonized man, and and you know she's probably dated horrible guys yeah. or whatever, and just have him be that one note. But there's. It, it, but it, 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 I'm, I'm speaking totally in TV quotes. It's almost like Gus Fring, where toward the end of the season, you're like, I kind of want him to win. Yeah. I kind of, you kind of feel yeah. for him. Yeah. And, and, and you see, and then, and, to, and, and it completely turns around. But by the end of the first season, when, when, when he gives that speech about you don't really, you, you're not concerned with me. You're only concerned about yourself, to Hannah. And you're like, holy shit, yeah, like that's it. She treats him like a booty call. And then gets mad when he does the same to her. And then when he calls her on her bullshit, he's like, she's like, oh, okay. And then they start to have that. And then finally she has that moment at the end where she's like, yeah, where, where he's trying to come up and he pushes, he pushes her away enough. And he does overreact, but he, he's in, he's all in much like with my dating and TV life. He's all in. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then you have, and then you, and then you finally see like, oh yeah. And it's sort of a dick. Too, like, yeah. Well, I also like um, hurt people. Hurt people, Greg. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I really enjoy that part because it's not, it's not done. Okay, it's it's done in the way that I like genre films to mm-hmm. be made, where there's just enough in there to recognize that it's a genre, but mm-hmm. it's you add something to it. For instance, Looper or so, yeah, or yeah. some some movie like that, where you're doing something that on the surface looks, this is a genre movie, we're going to give you the tropes, we're going to give you the things that you expect, but yeah. then we're going to either recontextualize or revolutionize yeah. or, or add something new to it. Bad, yeah. So you have these cliches in girls about what this dating life is going to be, but it doesn't 
play out beat by beat like you would on a regular network drum. Exactly. That's what I like about it. So one of the major criticisms of the show, and we talked about this in episode one, is that the the, the inclusion of African Americans in the show. Yeah. So we're recording this right after this episode two of season two. Yes. This probably won't go up until after episode three, three or four. four. Yeah. So I can't tell how much is that of that is going to change. Get screeners. Yeah, how much of that is going to change between now and then? But to the second episode of season two, yeah. she has the season presented an African American character, yeah. Donald Glover. Yeah. Uh, the first episode of which is called "It's About Time," yeah. which could be a critical wink, like it's about time to get some <laughs> black people in it. Um, yeah. But. Also, in episode two, it's revealed he's a Republican. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what do you think about the reaction that, oh, you want some black people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to put a black person in here, yeah. but it's a Republican. I remember uh, the the uh, the namesake, or not the namesake, the uh, the spirit animal of this podcast on the Civil Wall. He was writing something about sort of uh, Sandy versus Adam. Yeah. The Donald Glover Sandy. Yeah. And he said, yeah, they... they he, she might like him for his uh, as much for his blackness, but he she probably likes him for the her his Donald Gloverness. Yeah, and I feel like that's the show. That's the smartest thing. That bit of casting was the smartest thing. Casting Donald Glover. Yeah, getting. I mean, you can say something about getting a, like a no name, like somebody who don't know as much, blah 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 blah. But Donald Glover sort of has this. Great, he brings. Like, I could see. He brings something with yeah, him already. I can see. I, oh my god, I'm not even gonna say it. I'll tell you later. I can see Donald Glover dating a white woman. Yeah. Like if you got Kevin Hart or somebody, if you got another black actor, you'd be like, really? Is he really gonna date yeah. her? Blah, blah blah. But you can see sort of the persona Donald Glover has dating yeah. somebody like yeah. Hannah or Lena Dunham or whatever. So it's a great character choice. Not he did, then they didn't. Yes, they cast Donald Glover because he's black, and they're definitely trying to make the the argument of uh, okay, you say you don't have enough black people. Okay, well you're you know what you're right. Blah blah blah. Not only they did black, but because he is Donald Glover yeah. and he fits into well, this that, world that's so what, great. Yeah, that's what I mean. He's bringing to it that he is. Um, that he's got a certain amount of cred both yeah, in yeah. the hipster community yeah, yeah. but in the nerd community yes. the um, the the rap critical, community critical to a certain TV extent community, yeah yeah, yeah. so so he's so the extent of what would be considered interracial cred yeah, yeah, yeah. is there yeah, and yeah. it's it is and perfect and casting. And the, yeah. the scene with it's, it's such a great scene too i thought of a friend of mine well i'll tell you who you know who it is i'm just not going to say his name okay you know what i'm talking about my mm-hmm. friend okay I, that scene where, where he's saying, oh, you just want to date a black dude. Oh, okay. It's so good. Mm-hmm. So, ah, yeah. so good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and, and, and Donald Glover pulls it off. Yeah. Like, so so they, they said, you're right, but they didn't just go and get sort of, oh, now we're going to have a token black guy, right. which was so easy and, and they could have done. But like, they're, basically the cast is perfect. Yeah. So, and yeah. and I, I don't know if they're going to continue with it. But again, I that was never a criticism I found valid about the show. I know friends and I know people who hang out with different groups of people. I said this on the first time, right? You hang out with different groups of people. This group of people Hannah happens to hang out with happen to be all white. Yeah, that's not that big of a thing. Like, yeah, that happens. 
white people like white people. Yeah. Well, also the biggest criticism being that I, I always said that the problem with that criticism is the scope of the show. Yeah, exactly. People would say, oh, this takes place in Williamsburg or this takes mm. place in Brooklyn. So at least the background needs to be black people or at least the background here needs to be. Mm. If your scope is these people in an apartment, there's not going to be many black people. Right, right. If your scope is them out on the corner, maybe there's some black people. Mm. If the, the scope is they're in a restaurant, maybe there's some black yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. In fact, there's a black person in the first episode. Yeah, in, the, in the party. Yeah. 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 But... Again, you your scope is is we we talked about this. If your scope is Game of Thrones, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. got to be true to the scope. If yeah, your yeah. scope is uh, uh, the Queen, if it's about the Queen of England or whatever, yeah. there's got to be truth to the scope. I can understand the criticism, but yeah. it didn't bother me as much. Right. Again, I'm a white male, so I can't say. But to hear crack it, ass, crack but crack. to hear it from Monique, my girlfriend, who is a black female. Who has the perspective on it mm. simply from what she's Who would read. enjoy that show. You yeah. know what? She started watching a little bit of it towards the end of season one with me. Mm-hmm. And I, I could see that she enjoyed it. Yeah, it's... Yeah, like I... I think... Whenever those criticisms are done about those sorts of shows, it's because you could see... You, I could see... Because because I would want to see a black version of that show. Yeah. Basically, like if it was about four black women, yeah, I would. That show would also be great. Yeah, yeah. like it's because it's a great show. You wanted yeah. you want to be included. Yeah. But at the same time, like I, I also don't want tokenism. Like if yeah, they, you if don't they, want, yeah, yeah, you don't want to. yeah, yeah. Like you don't want it to be shoehorned in just yeah, to meet just, a quota. Why would exactly, you exactly? Yeah, yeah. I, I would like, rather I, it be good than than yeah. be. Than I would that, yeah. to 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 my point. About the scope of the show. Mm-hmm. She said, you know, I, I, I don't dig it because of what I've heard about it, what I've read about it. Mm-hmm. I was like, A, there's going to be things that are not your cup of tea, not in your wheelhouse. Yeah. yeah. I don't, this is Monique. This is Monique. Okay. I don't expect that a show like Living Single yeah, would yeah. be my mother's cup of tea. Right. But, the racist, but yeah, Because she's a white, older lady. But I remember watching Living Single when I was, you know, whatever the age that was. Mm. And the scope of the show, it was an African-American sitcom. Mm. The scope of the Cosby show, the, co- the scope of, um, of Martin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's, what's, a, what's a more recent um, black drama or TV show? That's a good question, Greg. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they've, written, <laughs> they've written recent articles about yeah. the, the death of the, uh, the black yeah, sitcom. The Baby Club yeah, thing, Baby yeah. Club. Um, Shit, I don't know. Soul Food? But, okay. But my point being that in the scope of the show, right. I think that it is about people's cup of tea. I don't expect Living Single to have a large white viewing audience. Right, right. I don't expect girls to have a large black audience. Even though it might, you know what I mean. Might, it's yeah, yeah. the millennials again. It's a it's, it's a thing of uh, black people watch white shit because that's all there what, is. All there is. Yeah. So like a show as good as girls probably does yeah. because it's but one see, of the best shows on TV. I don't think. Yeah. I, I also don't think that I am the the typical watcher either. I'm yeah, also yeah. the the kind of person that would watch. Get down with the cause. Yeah, I would watch a, a black show if it was if it was. 
the scope of the show, and mm-hmm. I wouldn't think about it. I wouldn't say, man, I wish they had a white person on this show. Yeah. When, they the sh- wire. <laughs> when they shoehorned it into kind of um, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air... Like that I don't know if person? you remember that that yeah. that they that they kind of like uh, I don't know if it was first or second season, but they casted out smaller characters that were white mm-hmm. to kind of diversify the the, <laughs> the the show to make it kind of more palatable. Yeah, to, yeah. And isn't was, that a sign of progress? Yeah, right. Yeah, I think yeah. that a good, that a good diverse cast is really good, especially Lost. We were talking yeah, about Lost. Yeah, yeah. But if the diversity is forced, just mm-hmm. to make a quota, that you need to have uh, a three-fourths uh, white group, uh, a quarter of them need to be uh, female, and at least two characters or one character needs to be black. Yeah, That's yeah. the makeup of a diverse cast. So it? you have a minority and you have... It was the thing on New Girl, like they when Damon Wayans Jr. got casted to to Happy Endings and he couldn't be in the series, he just got another black guy. I was like, yeah. is there some sort of like, yeah. you're like, I think uh, somebody on Twitter was like, it'd be great if they had if they explained it as, oh, we always need one black roommate, right. like we have to right. have a black roommate. Right. Yeah, yeah. That quota is just it's yeah, sickening yeah. to me. I, and I've definitely seen like shows where it just feels false, like that dude will not hang out with yeah, those yeah. people kind of yeah. thing. You know, like yeah. yeah. Again, the scope and and the the realness, staying true okay, staying true to that universe is more important to me than tokenism. Yeah. Than tokenism or, or or diversity just for diversity's effect. Right. Exactly. If you say, oh, it's good, taking place in Brooklyn, New York, we need to have a diverse cast. Cool. Does it does it uh, match the story? Is right. it, does it have to do with the story? Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Does it not? Does the scope is the scope about four white chicks in Williamsburg that's uh, highly gentrified and and uh, hipster? Yeah, yeah. Okay, then I can understand there not not being many black people. Exactly. What are we doing? We're doing a little project coming up. Oh wait, I forgot to tell you my favorite part of girls. The thing I look the forward to anyway. No go ahead. No, go ahead. Is the uh, color scheme of the title card? You, you mentioned this. <laughs> I uh, love yeah, it. it's it's kind of you look forward to yeah. it, kind of like uh, Alan Seppenwall's uh, tease for for his, <laughs> yeah. his article. Like I need to figure out I what the tease is. is going to be. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just as soon as I figure out what the tease is for mm. Seppenwall's article, yeah, yeah. I always it's always like, huh, what's what's it going to be this week? And then they did the. Uh, the Enter the Void inspired one with, yeah. with the party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, was so oh, great. Oh, Enter yeah. the Void. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was so great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was also thinking, uh, for some reason now, I'm like uh, always uh, not thinking of original level, but inception level, like mm-hmm. two or three levels. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking about the Kanye video. And then yeah. I forget that it's Into the Void. <laughs> yeah, into the I was way. like, all the lights are uh, in the void. Who's got the film? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Their credentials now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I love that, like the last two episodes, there were uh, one was black on white and one was white on black. Mm-hmm. like, Lena, I see what you're doing, Lena. Yeah. I see what you're doing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, project. Uh, We're talking about a project. We've been talking yeah, about yeah. it a while. I, I said last year, I've actually been saying for the past couple of years, that I want to watch uh, Woody Allen's movies. Yeah. Uh, but it seems like such... That's, that's it's going to be a trudge and it's going to yeah. be a long uh, project that we wanted to do something together that will probably be uh, a short segment on the show soon. And, in and, the we literally, and we literally went, Woody, I don't like. Yeah, yeah. Woody Allen Light, yeah. yeah. We wanted to do Albert Brooks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the movies been, he's directed. Yeah, yeah. I've been wanting one of my favorite movies is broadcast news, partially because Albert Brooks buries a lead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although he doesn't, because he doesn't yeah, no. get the fuck Holly Hunter. Uh, but yeah, so I loved him in that, and we were, we were talking, and I've, and I've always heard. 
Because he's sort of sort of like the lost filmmaker of the last 20, 30 years where people know the movies are there and yeah. and they're good and influence definitely on Apatow. Right. Probably influence on uh, some on Kevin Smith. Like, yeah. uh, well, he's a great fucking comedian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to his day, you know... Uh, got free reign on The Simpsons to yeah. do, do stuff yeah. in the early years. Got yeah. free reign on SNL, early SNL right. to do stuff. So if you're, com- any of his movies. if you're a comedy nerd, yeah. Albert Brooks has a lot of respect, and and considering you know recently probably the 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 proliferation of of, uh, of Louis C.K.'s career yeah. and just being aware of uh, of his influences, you know, uh, going back to to the storyteller comedians too. Yeah. Albert Brooks is one of those. Hands down, one yeah. of the funniest dudes, and I loved him. And I love him as an actor and everything that I see. Yeah. But as a director, I maybe have seen maybe I two or three many, of his yeah. movies. Like we, we yeah. were talking about this, I've seen the fan, and I love the scout which he wrote. Like the first half is um, the first yeah. half of the scout is so yeah. good. But then when uh, yeah. the once uh, they get to New York, yeah, when the apart, when yeah. the uh, the serial killer made of sun comes out and tries to kill everybody on the space station. Uh, the movie gets really, <laughs> really crappy. I like the first half, though. I'm <laughs> uh, uh, not even going to explain that inside joke. I'm not going to explain it. The first Sunshine. Half of okay, so, no. Um, uh, so yeah, this is going to be a project. Yeah. And we're, we're going to go it. back and, and watch all those directed movies. We're going to watch his, each, each directed movie, and mm. we're going to do a little segment on mm. the show in the near future. Yeah. Probably Sometime in the next few episodes. Coming in 20, 2013. 2013, yeah. yeah. Exciting. Thank you so much for being on episode 30, man. Thanks. Thank you for being on episode one and and being talked about in basically every episode. (laughs) Basically. You'll be mentioned. Thank you. You're mentioned Uh, in several. uh, I guess I got to mention Tyag. And Angela. Okay, so I started Facebook. Well, I'll ask you. But yeah, Angela, uh, who else has been on the show multiple times? Uh, 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 Brian Thomas. Brian Thomas. Is that the contrarian? Criterion cast guy? No, the James McCormick. James McCormick. Uh, but you were you double you, you tripled up in the first ten episodes. You were in episode one. Like you were episode episode six, and you were a special guest on episode so, ten. Yeah, yeah. Look, I'm I'm your uh, I'm your I'm the Dave Chappelle to your Conan O'Brien. I like O'Brien. to think that you are the Paul F. Tompkins to my Scott Ackerman. There you go. That's there it. There you go. Yeah. Keep it keep it within the medium. Yeah. Uh, yeah, dude, really appreciate all the companionship and also the competition because, you know, not only do you give me good input when you listen to the uh, shows, but you also kind of uh, egg me on and and kind of push me to to, uh, do better with my show. And I also feel like, you know, I I listen to your show and I give you uh, input on, uh, I mean, especially that music alley plug, which uh, is completely... Uh, thanks. That's very nice. That's very nice, and I wish I could say the same. <laughs> no, but I feel like uh, this whole endeavor has been more and more kind yeah, of like more, it's uh, definitely more fruitful when you have somebody yeah, doing it with to, you kind to of talk thing, yeah. about either either how can I improve this or what did you like about this or shit straight up there are, are straight in jokes that are just yeah. for you the biggest yeah. fan of the the exactly. podcast. So, um, yeah, and as always, some of the music on today's episode <laughs> been brought to you by Music Alley. You, you know, know what? Just for that, I'm not. I'm going to get some of Subscribe. You know, uh, download the music. Well, support those artists. Why don't, why don't you just Why don't you just plug your Twitter and your and oh, your podcast? Uh, where can they find me at? Uh, yeah. Arturo Morla. Uh, A R T U R O M O R L A. On Twitter. PTLpod.tumblr.com. I realize, like, if you just Google print the legend, you won't find the Tumblr. You'll find, like, the Lipson one. 
So I gotta figure, oh, figure out really? a way. Yeah, because it's not it's not print the legend. Somebody had it. Oh, um, um, so ptlpod.tumblr, If you're gonna Google it, Google ptlpod. Also on um, iTunes. Obviously. Also on iTunes. Yeah, print the legend. Uh, Good stuff in there. How many episodes yeah. have you done so far? Twenty. Uh, twenty six. Yeah, I think twenty six. Uh, gonna have supposed to do one with tonight with uh with alexis and, and got some been talking to people finally might actually get nick on there gonna get this other dude i met on lounge of three who's, who does art uh nick the one yeah yeah nick the okay. one yeah, yeah yeah does does your your theme music and yeah oh yeah yeah he did he did the theme music mm-hmm. just the uh uh friend that i've been enough to, I've been to Lounge of Three enough where he DJs that I pretty much consider my friend. Right. Um, sort of went to college together for overlapped for a little bit. Uh, yeah, check check his stuff out. Nick the Wonder, Google that. He did. Did you ever see Loose Change? He did the music for that. Mm-hmm. It was like a the nine eleven conspira- conspiracy movie that, that sort of made the rounds. That's it. Um, That's cool though. Yeah. I love. I, I I say this like out of all like like when I talk about podcasts and uh, talk about like the uh, the music of podcasts. I'm like, man, you know, no one can fucking uh, blow uh, the nerdist out of the water when it comes to that main theme because <laughs> yeah, that yeah, fucking yeah. hypes me the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. But I gotta say, out of all uh, the... You made it weird? Yeah. <laughs> out so of, professional. Out of all the independent podcasts, I like look forward most to that fucking theme music because I know dun, that you've said dun, that it, dun, it hypes dun, you up, but it hypes me up. I literally too. have to play it before every, yeah. every time I do the I'm intro. I'm just going to play it on this. It's not even going to be a music alley plug because it's just going to be Nick the Wonder. Yeah. So go check out Print the Legend. Print the Legend. I really, I really enjoy the music. I really enjoy a lot of the guests that he has on there except Brendan Soderbergh. He's dumb. I do. Shout out to B. Shout out to Jason Thomas. Uh, Madcap. Who else yeah. do you want to plug on this fucking podcast? Yeah, Madcap. Go, go. Uh, they, they got some good stuff. Yeah. Like if you're in the EDM especially, they got a good interview.